That's your decision now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Everybody knows the Dark Police. I wish my parents knew this one. No prisoner of war may be punished you, more sir. than once for the same act or same charge. Yep, that's just not true. <laughs> is that all part of the Echo course? Is every SF person have to learn that? I was like, I think I was last last hard class for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it's part of the Echo course. You'd learn Morse code. Six weeks of my life, I'll never get back. And literally never used it since. <laughs> never, never, never used it since. Morris code. But you know what? When you're, when you're, when you're watching like movies, Mm -hmm. it comes in handy because. You know whether they're faking it or not. Exactly. Every Mm -hmm. time I'm, I'm watching a movie and they start using Morris code, they're typing in whatever it might be. So submarine movies are not enjoyable for you. Some of them are because of accuracy. Oh, okay. Some of them are. I was watching something with my daughter the other day, which is a really funny story in itself because we don't watch a lot of TV. And I, I use every opportunity as I can to, to uh, shove it back in my children's face that I'm way more experienced than they are. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. look at all the cool stuff I've done and look at all the stuff that you haven't done. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, you haven't done shit. I've done it all. So we were watching a kid's television show. It was about uh, cooking and magic. It just had magic or some shit. Sure. I mean, cooking um, is magic. Cooking is magical. Mm -hmm. Yes. But they were using Morris code in the uh, scene and they were using it accurately. And I was like, you know what? The attention to detail and accuracy, even on a children's television show, when they use Morris code accurately, which is easy, but it's like SOS is... uh, did it it da 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 did it it so it's three mm-hmm. three three but it's long long for o's and shorts for s's did it it da 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 did it it and they were doing it correctly and i'll tell you what it uh it, it earned them a little bit of kudos and uh yeah. They don't need to do that on a children's they show. Do they don't no. need to do that. I mean, like you're going like to give that show like, of all of the shows a pass. Like U five U five seven one or whatever that movie is. Like okay, get it right. We expect you to get it right. get it right. They probably yeah. didn't get it right. They're like, yeah, ah, fuck it. Nobody's going to watch a stupid. Yeah. I don't know Morse code, so I don't know if they got it right or not. I feel like I need to learn Morse code now, though. It's like Latin. Do you feel like you need to learn Latin? I don't feel like I need to, but I feel like there's specific scenarios where I wish. I knew Latin, or at least how to pronounce Latin. Yeah. Because like, like the other day, I, I brought up this famous Latin word, panem et circenses, right? It's, you know, circuses and bread as a distraction to the people, right? Like things that are going on in the world. Right. I don't, I hesitate to say that out loud because I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce that. Like I've read it. I know what it means. Have you like, listened to this, posi- this podcast before? Are you, are we just now concerned with accuracy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying mispronouncing words. Like I'm from South Dakota. I mispronounce a lot of words yes, just because of where I grew up. I very oftentimes go on the Googles and enter in cool sayings in the Latin to English yeah. dictionary mm-hmm. in case I want to put on a coin or a t-shirt or something. Right. Yeah. Those things are, I have a friend that I was in the army with who then went on to be, get his PhD and like, he's like Indiana Jones now or whatever. And he knows Latin. Like, yeah, he's like a, what do you call uh Archaeologist? No, anthropologist. anthropologist. I, I would like to bookmark this just for a second. If you would refer to 
uh, friends that you met in the army as your battle buddies from this point forward, I would appreciate that battle. just for context. If they I think it's great. Within the Ranger Regiment, <laughs> I would call them Ranger Buddies. But if they were Ranger, a conventional battle buddy. I only say battle buddies and affirm or uh, deny things with uh, uh, the common phrase hua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. hua. Hua. Yeah. It's but, interesting uh, to sit across the table from a couple uh, rangers. Oh, yeah. One uh, very tall, one very short. Well, one my size yeah. and one twice the size. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm the standard size. I wasn't, I wasn't standard size. I cannot yeah. imagine doing that job at your size. So there is... It would have been horrible. I don't like that. I don't I, like that idea. I know for a fact that there is ISR footage somewhere of me getting... Cl- before we had the low-profile nods mounts where they'd flip just like that. Mm-hmm. You had to flip them all the way up. You look like a, yeah. a deer. Yeah. I got clotheslined going into a door one time and I, I saw the ISR footage later and it looks very comical. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that and I wasn't tall. Yeah, well, it was a particular problem yeah. for me. Um, and yeah, I jumped a lot of Gustavs and yeah. 240s Yo, and Skedcos and... Oh, because... Yeah. No, I wasn't any of those things, but yeah, I but sure jumped tall. them. I sure jumped them. It's because so why, you were why a new did they? Guy in the why did they jump? Times. Why did they? Why did they do that? Because typically, like I would end up jumping that because of my weight. Why did they do that? To oh, you? they didn't care about weight. Oh, I mean, you were a jump okay, master, sorry. so maybe you there could explain a, this. But there is a height requirement for the Dragon Missile Jump Pack, which oh, is what yeah, yeah. used okay, to jump you. the yeah. Carl Gustav, the Skidco. But when I was a new guy. They didn't give a fuck about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, they don't You're care new. about the yeah. weight limits yeah. on the parachute with me. No. So, no. I mean... No. You, uh, T-10 parachute can safely deliver two fully equipped combat jumpers to the ground. Yeah. So, you know... It's no big deal. I, I mean, messed that quote up, but... Yeah. I didn't rehearse it, well, so... Mm. Let's just refer right here. It's pretty I mean, good. That'll definitely I don't know if they got... I don't know if they squeeze jump master. not be in here. I just think uh, it's interesting that we... You know, no. I, I did... It. I did get, I was one of those guys that absolutely, and you brought this the, the other day. I'm very literal. Um, I did go looking for the Jump Masters kit bag. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was, that was something that got me. I yeah. also thought that chem lights had batteries for at least a month. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a very literal guy. Very literal. Very, very literal. literal. <laughs> South Dakota uh, literalism. Is that right? Yeah. Is that uh, right? You know, words mean things, I guess. You know, yeah. I don't know. One of my Why favorite saints. Trying to one of my favorite saints. <laughs> words mean things. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah. You're also from a place where everyone is really nice and no one tries to trick one another. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That's going to the, genuinely yeah. true. People yeah. feel bad if they even have to like, you know, they order at a restaurant for like a specific dish and you could bring them the exact opposite of that. Like I ordered a steak and you bring me like a salad. I'll be like, well, gosh darn it! I just they, you know, they probably did their best on this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat it. I'm just gonna eat it. And like my wife, she's from Massachusetts, which is the opposite of that. She's ready to burn the fucking place down. I'm like, right. don't, don't, don't rock the boat. I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. Don't rock the boat. I just they're trying their best back there. She's getting a lot you of spinner food, isn't she? Probably. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care. She's from Massachusetts, so right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's good to have you guys here. Yeah. I mean, you're here either way, but it's. Genuinely nice to sit across the table from such fine specimens. Yeah. What do you think? Whose mustache is better? I mean, I'm not just saying this, but yours. Like mine has been going through a little bit of a, a rough patch. I trimmed it. It got a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Up. You don't trim it. Don't yeah. trim it. Yeah. No. I, every oh. time I've trimmed it, I've made the mistake and I have to shave the entire thing off. Yeah. Cause I trim it and I'm like, oh, I, I fucked this up. I, it's got to come off. I also, as you know, when I do stressful things, I like to lick it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I then do. I'll find like one little. I'm like, oh, this one's a little out of place. Let me yeah, get that, doink, right? and I'll yeah. pluck it because I'm a nervous, Nelly. Yeah, and then I'll like look at it and be like, oh, I made like a weird little bald spot in the yep. mustache, and then I'm like, let me even that out. Yeah, and that's where I am right now. I would like to be critical of both of your mustaches because right now I think mustaches are best served 
with sideburns that come down to the bottom of the earlobe. Oh. Right now, you guys are both Army Standard down to the bottom of the yeah, opening of the ear hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but a mustache is best. A mustache is best served with sideburns down to the bottom of the ear. Yeah, that's fair. I, agree. I mean, I agree with you. I don't disagree. Reference Anchorman, which we'll is kind of the Bible for mustaches, in we'll my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I watched that. Again, it holds up, right? It holds up. It holds up. up. Like, I watched it not too long ago. Yeah. We were we were scrolling through. I was like, brain was fried. You know what? I'm going to watch Anchorman. Mm-hmm. My wife, she's seen it once. For whatever reason, women don't like those movies. I, and that's a generalization that is completely sexist and unwarranted. But I think it still holds up, which is yeah. women don't watch or appreciate Anchorman as much as men. They like, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. But what surprised me the most was how many quotes out of that movie have injected themselves yep. into common language. Yep. American yep. male, forty something year old milk language. Yeah. Uh, oh, milk was a bad idea. Like it's, it's, it's how many people- over and over and over and over. It's everything. Yeah. How it's many like, people oh, in their early 20s right now are using quotes out of that movie and have don't no idea no. it's from Anchorman? Yesterday, I walked into the gym and uh, we have a gym here at the Salt Lake City Black Rifle Coffee uh, facility. I walked in and I and uh, Colin, Colin Haas, as you guys are familiar with, with him, he's a former Marine. He did one of those... Um, what are those track vehicles that also go in water? Oh, what are those uh, things called? LL- no, Amtrak. Is that? Okay, yeah. So he was a waterborne uh, uh, track vehicle guy. And and then he was a Philly cop. Then he came here to work as a barista. Then he was my EA. And now he's a project manager. I, I have just a common disdain for him, right? Um, <laughs> not really. He's, he's incredible. He's an incredible guy. But... For the last couple of years, it's been really fun because I pretend to not like him, which is how I actually uh, garner fear, mm-hmm. right? and which I think is a fantastic method yeah. for people because at times I'll be really it's nice. the Genghis Khan approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was successful. You can't deny his success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Genghis Khan approach to uh, management. I think it works. Mm-hmm. But either way, I go into the gym and he was doing some cable sub things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you cut me. I just finished up with a thousand or whatever, right? <laughs> it was like deep burn. Deep burn. And yeah. then we just started going yeah. complete <laughs> anchorman after anchorman, quote yeah. after quote after quote. Yeah. We were both so happy. Oh. Genuinely happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to think back the first time that I watched that that experience was um, like, it was amazing. Like the first time you, yeah. you watch I remember that. going to the theater yeah. with it. Like I was in high school at the time when it came out, went with my high school friends and it was one of those, I vividly remember being in the what theater. What year is that? I mean, early 2000s, right? Oh. Like it came out 2002-ish maybe? Does that sound I about right? I remember. I was busy at the war. Yeah, me too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was young. Whole Sorry. war yeah. thing got a... Yeah. Took me offline yeah, on the movie, the movie schedule. Our, uh, I was going to say, you guys are probably got some sort of, uh, I don't know what you, I don't know what the politically correct term would be for it now, but a copy. You can say that. Yeah, can a, we? A, yeah, you a can Haji say copy? A Haji copy. Yeah. That's what they called them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not, yeah. We're, not, we're not plenty. Okay, here. yeah. Haji copy. Everybody who sold those DVDs had gone and done the Hodge. That's yeah. why you call it a Haji copy. Yeah, called the Haji That's Haji where they copy. learned to do yeah. it, at the Hodge. So, yeah. Yeah. The, it's not a derogatory term, but I think people think it's a derogatory term, but it's well, actually... It, it would be like me calling you professor. Yeah. You're not a professor. You're not. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah but you're not. being a professor is not a bad thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not derogatory. It's just inaccurate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, hey, I like that. Maybe maybe people, <laughs> they just like accuracy. Yeah. Like All these people are getting really offended because of the lack of accuracy. Yeah. You That's know what? what it is. Yeah. That's the thing that I see. It's a reoccurring theme in our society is people are really upset about things not being accurate enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Americans just love facts. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it is. They're just yeah. really, they're, they're factual and actual. Right? If it conflicts with your worldview, but it's true, people are generally okay with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they, they're they're okay with it. You know, it's like, oh, that's a fact. I Let me reassess my worldview. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, kind man in the internet thank comment you, section. Th- thank you, conned objective facts-based person. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's typically who's on the comment yeah. sections, right? Yeah. Th- yeah. There's a reverse to that though, because you also don't want to be the, well, actually, Actually, uh, guy, either like there's there's a flip side to that. I'll be that guy. Yeah, you time. think so? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there are limits to that, like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. on those. children's yeah. parables. Yeah. yeah, that's like those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't say they're not real because I haven't disproven them, but you know, right? They yeah. they are. They 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 are not real. Yeah, we can say that, right? I, I mean, I, the, the Matt Walsh did the uh, that movie. Uh, what is a woman? Have you seen? Oh yeah, it yeah. Have I haven't seen, seen it, yet? but yeah, I haven't seen it. I okay, it's amazing. So yeah, you got to watch it. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody. You got to watch it. So we were out there. I was out at the Daily Wire while they were working, spinning that thing up, and um, I stopped into his office. I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" You know, blah blah blah. And he's just like, "Hey." You're a bundle of fun, are you, Matt? <laughs> Real fun guy. Yeah. You know? It was like no, we were just joking around. He's very, very dry, and it's mm-hmm. and he's fucking hilarious yeah. because he is so dry. Dry humor is good. It is the yeah. best. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. People say, "Oh, satire is um, lowbrow comedy," and I'm like, "It's absolutely not." I I have never. Sometimes satire is not even comedy. No, <laughs> satire is its own category. It, it can is. be comedic. It right. can be humorous. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. The original Joiner dialogue, that was satire. That yes, was, it was. It was trying to call out. Uh, you know, Ben Franklin was trying to call out the fact that you know how ridiculous people were being by trying to split hairs on everything when everybody was going to fall apart if they didn't figure out a way to come together. And it was a mm-hmm. satirical, it ran in a newspaper. It was uh, Franklin's paper. Yeah. Um, I forget what it was called now, but his paper, he had his own newspaper. Yeah. Um, but that's where that whole join or die snake came from. Right. And it became a very serious thing later. Like 30 years later, it was like a very, like it became, but it originated as satire. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of or die. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Coffee or die. Coffee yeah. or die. Oh, what a hard transition. I'm not ready to transition. We're not ready for that. I don't think so. We've got to keep got to keep ranting about Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact, like when I think about Benjamin Franklin, he was a notorious womanizer. Oh yeah. He he fucking he went through some gals. Yeah. In French. Can you say gal? Yeah. French ladies? Uh, French Mad- women. Mademoiselles. I don't know. Mademoiselle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... He would throw that fucking thing around, so, man. He was, I, not fucking, actually, he, he was not fucking around. I didn't know this, but this gives me a lot of context now. I don't know if you guys ever watched how big of fans you are of The Office, but there's an episode <laughs> in The Office. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Where Ben Franklin is like, he's a guy that's playing Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. As like, But he's like hitting on all the women, not yeah. like being really inappropriate in The Office. And I didn't realize until just now that, holy shit, they got real fucking meta with that. They really did. Like, if that's how Ben Franklin actually was, like, I didn't know that about him. I thought that was just the character in this show. Like, no, 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 he was really, yeah. Have you seen, uh, my mind's kind of blown right now. 
uh, was that series on HBO? John Adams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. The the guy who played Ben Franklin in that it was awesome. And yeah. they like followed him to France and showed him he's like mm. in the bathtub with like two ladies. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It was awesome. Wow, I didn't know that kind of stuff went on back then. No. It, there's there's 100% there's a, there's a, a Benjamin Franklin conspiracy theory too. Mm-hmm. That you, have you heard of this one where he was actually a British spy? Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard. Yeah, of that. look it up. If you guys are interested, if you pop on over to the internets, you know, and uh, look on up that. But there's uh, all the facts. Facts. When I say this, like I, I say that kind of in, in all its lucidness, is there. It's really hard to put together, and it's very difficult to determine whether or not he was trying to work as a double agent. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you can take a double agent's work and look at it from one side and say he was working for one side and then look at it from the other side and say that he's working for the other side. But I, I think there's kind of zero doubt as to the, the, the substantive He was value. involved in some sort of espionage. Abs, if I, all those dudes. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, absolutely. Was it you who told me about uh, the reason uh, a bridge to, what's the operation? Uh, Market Garden? Market Garden. Was a failure. Have you heard this? Uh-uh. There was a double agent, British double agent spy who told the Germans, this recently become, became declassified told the Germans about Market Garden. Huh, no shit. But he got something in return that like was super important. I can't remember the details of it, but oh, wow. Market Garden was a failure because of a British double agent. Wow. Who told the Germans it was going to happen. Huh. Dude, where's yeah. that movie? Yeah. I, I want to watch that, that movie. That, that recently one. came out. That's yeah. why I don't know. Isn't it crazy that there's still stuff from World War II that we're just finding out about? I mean, we're almost a hundred years... Yeah. We're, we're 80 years. 80 years. You know. Isn't 88 years the like the declassification thing? I don't that? know. Never the only one that, that I know is the 25 year where it can be declassified, but it doesn't yeah. have to be, doesn't but it can be. be I think there's stuff that's like 88 years is the magic number for huh. a, a lot of those things. Huh. Yeah. I can't wait for the K, the JFK. Oh, man, they keep like, they keep push they keep kicking that can down the road. On. Yeah, there's something going on. There's something there's seriously something da- seriously damaging. I think that, that we're gonna have to wait until every person involved in that is dead. At that point, I think that's, that's what they're waiting for. That's is what they're waiting for? Yeah, there's not somebody only, still alive that would be affected by that information. Not only I, I I think so. This is this is this is what I think. I think there's something so damaging to damning damaging to the yeah. United States government. Mm-hmm. That the reason they keep classifying it is because they know that it's still sensitive. Mm-hmm. And they know that it's still not only it's sensitive, but it, it could be politically used mm-hmm. even today because there's still a lot yeah. of emotion circulating mm-hmm. this. So it's you have people that are still alive, mm-hmm. and then you, I, I think you also have something that's like government sensitivity issues that are saying, well. No, you know, <laughs> oopsie. Yeah, you would <laughs> Let think that one slipped through. Yeah, you would think that if, like, the last big review when it was supposed to, everything was supposed to be declassified came up during Trump's administration. Yeah, he would, and done everybody it. thought, like, man, if anybody's going to do this, it's going to be Trump, right? Even he, even he was like, no, nah, man, this is I too spicy. This is yeah, too yeah. spicy. Can't like, do it. Like, even holy he, shit. He did, I mean, we, man, we, he's a you think, painful you, critic of the government. What do you think, the, do you think it is? Yeah. My my feeling in this, at least, like, and you were you did the whole show. This is my favorite. This is my favorite, Evan. This is please. I'll sit here and just listen to the rest of this podcast if you just go. <laughs> my feeling on this is Alan Dulles, which, when we look at the Warren Commission, we look at how the Warren Commission was put together, how Alan Dulles was actually orchestrating 
I think a lot of the behind the scenes, uh, we'll call it both operationally. I think he was doing a lot of things that are operationally. I think he was doing things leveraging the United States government. I think that there are things that government witting and unwittingly were participating in, Mm -hmm. in that entire operation. I think, I think it condemns Dulles and I think it honestly probably condemns and also, uh, identifies, um, HW. Mm -hmm. I think it identifies HW. I think it identifies Dulles. And I think it also probably exposes an entire network of, uh, could be public, publicly associated elected officials that could have been connected to it as well. Because HW, in my mind, there's like zero doubt that guy was a knock from, from my perspective. Like there's like zero doubt he was a knock. Which that is silver core was a front. Yeah. And yes. So, you know, we look at the, the first oil company that he started was Zapata oil in Texas. So, you know, as we start to look at, who, what, when, where, why, start connecting some of the pieces. This isn't like just a general tin hat conspiracy theory horseshit. Like, like Bush Sr., uh, his, his father was really good friends with Dulles. A huge percentage of his Yale classmates went on to work for the, the CIA. The, all the skull and bones, yep. Yale classmate guys, they went on to work for the CIA. Uh, so your father was also friends with Alan Dulles, you're in this, this skull and bones at Yale. All your classmates are going on to work for the CIA. Um, you worked in, 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 in he, he worked in Intel before. He was a, uh, um, not a fighter pilot, but an Intel pilot. A lot of people don't realize that as well. So mm-hmm. he was an Intel guy pilot mm-hmm. who then went to Yale whose dad was good friends with the director, former director, director at the time, if there would have been somebody that was plucked out to be a knock, it would have been him. Why, out of a family history of business on the East Coast, did one guy decide just to go to Texas to be a wildcatter, Mm. right? Mm. To go do oil. Nobody in the fucking family had ever done oil. But what was going on there was we were combating... Uh, Soviet influence in Central America. That was a big concern to us. Well, if you're the director of the CIA, you've watched this kid grow up with your buddy. I need somebody to go and pretend to have an oil company in Texas because Texas is booming. Oil's booming. We're going to build a bunch of go plats in the Gulf. Those go plats are used for logistical, logistical and operational support to push back the Soviet intervention in, in Central and South America, I need a cut out business cover, somebody I can trust mm-hmm. with money and somebody that we can, we can trust with like, the most classified operations quite literally. In, like their in patriotism America. can't be questioned. Patriotism like- cannot be questioned. Mm-hmm. And um, Prescott Bush was... I mean, he was a very well-known commodity. He was actually the guy that got Nixon really pushed forward for his first run. A lot of people don't realize that. Prescott Mm -hmm. Bush and Nick, like Richard Nixon, he was the guy that kind of pushed Nixon into this. Like he was friends with all of the main Republican 
uh, I mean, he, he was a primary Republican yeah. without going all the way down the rabbit hole on Prescott Bush. Um, and when we looked at the, the finance industry, as far as like legal and finance, it wasn't only just Alan Dulles, uh, Alan Dulles and a lot of these other guys came out of the same type of, uh, law firms mm. or directly associated with, uh, what would be called hedge fund management now yeah. investments. Yeah. So you got senior that goes wildcat. You know, he's like Yale educated son of a, a, a prestigious, you know, American uh, 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 politician. Well, technically, and he goes into Central America to just go into the petroleum business because he wants to go out and strike out on his own. Just so happens to be building petroleum infrastructure that also helps support the logistics effort to fight back the Soviet and, intervention. By the way, in the 50s and 60s, nobody, nothing happened in Central America without the CIA being involved. Fucking nothing. Like they owned Central America back then. So Eisenhower, the first operational, um, the first op name for the Bay of Pigs was Operation Zapata. Zapata Oil Company was his first oil company. That's a weird coincidence. That's a weird coinky right? dink. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's a weird coinky dink. Yeah. Oh, coinky dink. <laughs> and when we look at the direct connection between what was happening in the Gulf of Mexico, South America, uh, and then the company itself, there's a black spot in the, in the records. I'm fast forwarding through a bunch mm -hmm. of other shit here, by the way. Uh, it, it, most of the associated travel within the petroleum industry is is typically around petroleum countries. Just so you know, it's, he it's, had a lot of travel uh, in fifty some countries, I guess, over a portion of time that had nothing fucking to do with petroleum, give or take. Um, direct association: most of the people that were working in the executive, uh, vice president, and the suites were all like former CIA guys, which I don't hold a lot of water to because there's a bunch of CIA guys work here too. So, but this is 1950s. Mm -hmm. We're out in the Gulf drilling, drilling for oil. Um, it just so happens like we're in the fucking heat of like what we think is the most pitched battle for American sovereignty in the history of America. Mm -hmm. And HW, probably one of the most patriotic Americans that like, honestly, that, that I've known in modern history, decided just to sit that one out, mm -hmm. to start a business. Yeah. Go, go wildcatting, you know, down Texas. Yeah. And the, 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 the funny thing is like, there's, there's a big black spot in his business records. So when he started moving into politics and transitioning away from business when he was appointed. So he was, a, he was appointed by uh, Nixon as the director of the CIA. Mm -hmm. the, also Nixon was also uh, that you had the Nixon and his dad connection. Just to pause here a little bit, wasn't there something during his confirmation hearings where at that time, and I don't know if this is still true, but at that time, yeah. you couldn't have previously worked for the CIA to be a director of the CIA? No, you could, yeah. He was the first civilian to be... So what happened was, and I'll rewind a little bit just so everybody's like, so I'm keeping track of myself because sometimes it gets a little bit crazy. But so... We went through the Frank Church hearings. The Frank Church hearings, what they did was they exposed 
a bunch of what, what we call the family jewels in the CIA. Um, uh, William Colby was the last, we'll call it operations director of the CIA. That means he's a blocking and tackling CIA guy. He came out of the OSS. Mm-hmm. He moved through the ranks as a, as a no shit, like there I was spy. He moved up to be the director of the CIA at that time. The CIA was under a ton of scrutiny because of the Frank Church hearings. Frank Church hearings exposed a bunch of what they call dirty deeds. In my mind, the CIA was just like doing CIA shit. Like mm-hmm. the things that they should probably be doing. Now, a lot of people disagree with this, but like killing Castro should have been at the top of the list for the CIA. Like it's like what you do. Now, you know, uh, uh, giving acid to fucking civilians. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's part of an interrogation method to yeah. figure out what was LSD doing. You know, how were you using psychedelics in order to directly affect interrogation? You're putting into context. is so important for people. It's like fighting the Soviets in the Intel war. This was a zero sum game. You don't like you lose, you lose it all. Mm-hmm. So you can't fucking lose. So yeah, yeah, we fucking gave the LSD to some civilians and, you know, like some shit went wrong. Like we did some exploding cigars and it looked kind of stupid, but the family jewels, what I think was the tip of the iceberg as far as the, the, what that was, was that, that was just Colby offering up some yep. horse shit mm-hmm. that didn't look, didn't make the CIA totally look yeah, really fucked. Yeah. Reasonable yeah. person look at someone and be like, yeah, I can yeah. kind of see, like, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, it seems like CIA shit. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's kind of see, I try yeah. to kill Castro and yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, who cares? Um, so Colby, they, the CIA is under a ton of pressure and they almost just said, fuck it and rolled it up. They're like, they're just about ready to like delete it. And Bush came in as the first civilian appointee, which... Okay, so here's the CIA. Mm-hmm. Its entire history, it's been run by no shit CIA guys. They're under the most scrutiny they've ever been under in modern history. They've got a political establishment that wants to fucking nuke it. But now they need a, 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 a businessman. You know, somebody that's like a hero and a politician to come in mm-hmm. and... Uh, be directly politically responsible for it. So Bush comes in, he's like, and on his speech, it's a fucking very telling because it's, it's documented where he's like, it's good to be home. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be home. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's so many really interesting little pieces of, of diamonds in the, in the, in the rough. Eggs, yeah. the, 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 the primary boat for logistics support of the, the, the Bay of Pigs or Operation Zapata was named Barbara. What? <laughs> <laughs> Zapata right. Oil Company, right? Was like, his, fuck off. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and like, it's fucking wild, man. And yeah. so, I think, you know, I, 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 I mean, I've said this for years on a lot of different podcasts. People don't like him. I, I, I thought he was a fucking like HW was was a was like a class act. Like from my perspective, he's a he class. Was, act. He was great. He got he got the the third party thing is what would pull him out. The Ross Perot. Hey, you got but, fucked. Yeah. And, and I mean, you had like, you know, I mean, for, for a guy like that to be beat by Clinton, like, oh God, this Ross is gross. Bro's yeah, it was Ross Perot's. It was directly Ross Perot's fault. Yeah. There's a really interesting um, documentary on him that HBO did several years ago. 
And they brought up Perot, even in the interview, you could see him get visibly upset even fucking 30 years afterwards. Yeah. He was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I wish I could have talked to him before he died. Yeah. Like, I really wish. But that's kind of like the Reader's Digest version. There's a ton of like weird conspiracy theory websites directly associated with this that say that he was associated with the Oswald... Um, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald and killing of Kennedy because he was working as a case officer in Texas. He had direct connection to a bunch of the, like a bunch of like Oswald and Bush had direct connection, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Bush senior Oswald. Wow. Bush's phone number was in his telephone, his little black book, his name and his <laughs> telephone number. It gets weird, man. Yeah, it gets yeah. really fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. So when you start like pulling the onion on this, it really starts to make you cry a little bit. You're yeah. like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Like there's pictures that there's, there's all these like, like with the Kennedy assassination. And there's a lot of reasons why people say that like Kennedy was assassinated. So my personal theory on this is that, so Kennedy pulled air support from the Bay of Pigs operation morning up. So these guys were doing a fucking beach landing counting on air support. So imagine you, me, and all of our buddies, a couple hundred of us decide we're like, not only decide, but we've been training for this for a couple, couple years. Yeah. We've, mm-hmm. we've, you know, built our logistic support. We built our fucking armies. We put everything together and morning of, we're like, this is go time. We're doing a no shit, Invasion. Invasion. A, a covert, <laughs> covert, as much as you could say it was covert. Invasion of Cuba. And then the president pulls our fucking air support. And then all of our buddies and our guys get fucking smoke checked on the beach that morning. And then if you weren't killed, you're rolled up and put into a, a, a dark fucking tank tortured. and you were tortured yeah. for a long period of time. Okay, so my personal feeling on this is... The covert warriors at that time, the, the, the case officers, the spies, these were dudes that were in the OSS mm-hmm. in World War II. These are guys that were in like the 101st, in the 82nd, in every one of these main, like mainline infantry units and OSS. These were the guys that were conducting covert war across the world, around the world from 1945 until 1960. They had 10, 15 years, they had 15 years of assassinating motherfuckers for a living. And oh, by the way, these are the dudes that were fucking killing Nazis and Japanese. Like these are dudes you don't fuck with. Like these are the most, these are the most fucking tenacious, murdering, maniacal motherfuckers on the planet. Got a lot of reps. Yeah, they got a lot of reps. Yeah. They are sophisticated professionals at coups and assassination. And you just pulled their air support. Yeah. Oh, fuck. If you don't think you're going to end up with a moonroof, you are crazy. Yeah. You're you're already dead. The second you pull air support that morning is the second that dude signed his fucking death warrant. Did he... Right, Marty? No, it, I, I, I'm that, that's always been my theory is I'm, it wasn't the CIA. It wasn't. But man, the people responsible, their, their paychecks were coming from the CIA. Well, and yeah, then you yeah, had yeah. a mass exodus of dudes just saying, fuck it. Yep. I'm out. You just fucked me and my buddies on the beach in Cuba, 90 miles away from the United States. Like, yeah. oh, you little frat boy fuck. Yeah. Time to- I'm ignorant mm-hmm. of it though. Like in- 
Why did he pull the air support rather than rolling the emission? The entire, exactly. Because he felt the air support would have, um, would have at the time. And I think what, what I was, what I've read on this is that he felt like air support at the time would directly identify the U S involvement versus a ground war would be easier for us to just say, this is a bunch of Cuban exiles, right? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, back before everybody the days of cell knew. phones and stuff yeah. like that. Everybody knew. They, they, the fucking yeah, Cubans knew that morning. Fidel was mm-hmm. on the beach. He had infiltrated. The, he had infiltrated the entire. Like they knew where they were landing. They knew the the entire op was pretty much. That's blown. the other thing people don't realize. Cuban intelligence at that time they were in a uh, sure them the Israelis us and the Russians right yeah, like yeah. that was it like the best best in class like that level of intelligence service so mm-hmm. to. Think that these guys were just caught completely blindsided. Oh yeah, no, they probably had. Fidel was on the fucking beach with a tank. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's where I would. Yeah, been. it was in an Amtrak. Yeah, like how cool would it be if we found out someone was going to try like an invade and we like knew about it? How fun would it be to oh go to the God. beach and just like slay dudes shit. coming onto the beach? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 meme goes around every once in a while yeah. about how you know if somebody tried to invade the southern border or something like that, all you'd see it would just be it would be over in a matter of hours and there'd be just a, a trail of Bud Light cans yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and spent <laughs> casings and like, whew, best 4th of July I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Better yeah. than any duck hunt <laughs> I've ever been on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Derek. Mm-hmm. What, did, did you hear that rant I just went on? What do you think? Pseudoscience? There's merit. Okay. There's 100% merit. There's things that, all the way going back to Oswald, uh, the CIA was training Cuban dissidents in Louisiana yeah, yeah. at the time. Like there's, there's entire training yeah. areas. They're training. Oswald was down there training with them mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. where he got to start. Oswald tried defecting yeah. to the Russian, to the Soviets in yeah. Mexico city. Yeah. And they basically laughed him out of the room because he was fucking, I mean, that was why he worked is because he could be painted as a lunatic. Kind of was like, yeah. he's a fucking crazy guy. So you if, know? I, if I'm putting together this op where it's like, okay, so, Rewind a couple years, right? So mm-hmm. I got two years. My buddies and I get fucking hung out to dry. I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. I'm not only pissed, they're, people are going to die. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not, like, this, this is a level of fucking revenge that would take place. And it's a, an amount of enemies that you would create in that would be the guys that would be able to, to to develop a very sophisticated mm-hmm. plot yeah. and execute on it, period. Mm-hmm. And especially back then when there was no way to track. Fuck no. Yeah. Right. They can't go and into you, your emails, you know, like, and hack yeah. your phone. Like, then you think covered. about the network that these guys had. I, I think now we're very segmented as a society, whereas back then everybody went to war together. Yep. So a lot of the, you had the guy that was Skull and Bones, Yale, that sort of person. Serving in the trenches right next to the guy that's like fucking uh, in Al Capone's crew. Yeah. And so like you, so when you talk about like the mafia involvement and all these other things, like, yeah, because they knew. They knew each other. Everybody knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not going to, they're not going out to dinner with each other in public, but like they're in contact with each other. And especially if you're a covert actions guy in the fucking CIA, you're working, if you need to run guns, if you need to do all the different things that you needed to do back then, if you need to come up with money, right? 
like shit that, that was i mean the big theory that this is going down another Please conspiracy it, theory yeah. but like how did cocaine get intro, crack cocaine get introduced into southern california right, right. like there's a journalist who got fucking uh, killed over that, trying to expose that. But you look into his stuff just like this, you're like, well, a lot of this makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, but uh, that was how they conducted business. If you needed money off the books, like you were probably going through the mafia at that time. Mm-hmm. And the mafia, yeah, they're a bunch of gangsters, but they're also fucking patriots, you know? Yeah. Like they still, you know, like these are guys that also went off to World War II, also fought the Nazis, also don't want communism, you know? Like yeah. these are guys like it's bad it, for business. Communism is yeah. real bad. For real business. bad for business. Yeah, yeah. Real like all of it makes sense. All of it makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah, if you need the 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 if you need the convenient idiot, the guy that's knows how to use a rifle can hit a shot at what was it a hundred yards or something like that. Yeah, not a, a normal hunting shot, right? Sure. Like you need that sort of person, but you know can be painted in a way like yeah, you, you're not going to go get the most highly trained. OSS World War II sniper to go do this. It's like, yeah, you're going to get the guy that's like kind of an idiot that's going to go along with it. Needs some sort of validation as like being important, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the guy you're going to go recruit and has the ultimate deniability. And you're going to make sure there's enough of this other stuff peppered in, mafia, CIA, all sorts of stuff to where it's going to be impossible for anybody else to ever figure out exactly. You're counting, you're counting on the conspiracy theories. That's well, part of your plan. That's part of the the misinformation, disinformation campaign that that sews it all up. The Warren Commission, I mean, Alan Dulles was on it. He was the guy in charge of the investigation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the guy that hated Kennedy, Kennedy fired him. So the guy that had probably the most access and also... Um, the most, the most access and placement in order to conduct this operation also had an axe to grind, was in charge of the investigation. Hmm. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look, and there's White House tapes of uh, LBJ calling, uh, was it Chief Justice Warren, right? Mm-hmm. And saying, you're going to play ball. If you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose those tapes I got on you. Mm. So... Literally, LBJ is saying that. And if you don't- You're going to cooperate because he said no initially. He's like, I won't do it. I won't be involved in it. I won't do it. LBJ came back when they're on the, the White House tapes. He's like, yeah, you will. And this is why. Because I got a few little videos of you hmm. that I don't want, I don't think anybody wants to know about. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I feel like a shitty American for not knowing any of this shit. Oh, it's so fun. It's this is like, this is then, the best. Like, like the JFK assassination is like the fucking, the best. It's, it's, it's such. And you just don't, so like you don't, yarns. unless you reckon with the fact that this is how America has evolved. And a lot of like the, like there's a very dirty history to get us to where we're at yeah. today. Like it, it's, it, it's not a bunch of clean, polished people making <clears throat> entirely ethical decisions the entire time. Like from the, the, you know, the 1700s to now, there's just so much that had to happen. There's so much stuff that had to happen behind the curtain yeah, that like- legs to make an omelet. You, know? you always win you ugly, know? right? Yeah. You always yeah. win ugly. You ain't, like, you ain't trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it's fascinating history. I love it. Like it's, that I still remember the first time I ever heard you like, and it was the extended version of this is when we were on our way up to White. We did like an hour, uh, maybe Dude, even more. It yeah. was, it was the most, and this is the first time I'd ever heard it before. And it was the most epic thing I'd ever heard in my I've, life. So who like now, cause they, you said they keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah, yeah. Tell, who now do you think has the most to lose? Who serves to lose it all? I think it's the G. I, I think, I think 
by declassifying what will expose. It's not the family members, mm-hmm. but I mean, the Bush family, obviously, they, they don't want to have a black eye. And especially because you still got like, you know, Junior cruising around out there mm-hmm. and the Bush Jeb and all those guys, but they don't have enough power to to kind of keep that mm-hmm. under wraps. I honestly think it's probably the G. I, I think the government has the most to lose. So they, in effect, are preventing this until it's it's more palatable. Yeah. Until it's aged so far out and people care less mm-hmm. about it that it can't be used as what I think is as as information against the government by our enemies. So this can be used by the Soviets and the Chinese to directly represent, this is why, you know, we've been telling you, this is why your country is a fucking piece of shit, right? This is what they're going to say. Yeah. So they can use that in the information war against ourselves in order to divide and create more chaos. Whereas- killed your president. We just put hundreds of thousands of people in camps. Yeah. We, you guys, you guys killed your president. We had a guy, in, you know, kill more than what it was like. Is it like twenty million people Stalin fucking killed? Stalin was, like yeah, Stalin yeah. is probably the most has more blood on his hands than just about any because any previous like Genghis Khan and people like that. Yeah. Any, there wasn't enough world population no. at that time to put up those kind of numbers. Right. Yeah. He was the first modern leader to hey. kind of fucking have that kind of blood on your hands like fuck you, you could actually blood. call him probably the first environmentalist he was really single-handedly trying to lower to the carbon footprint. lower the carbon footprint <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> do you think do you think he should get a carbon credits for I, what he did a nobel people, prize at, at minimum yeah, yeah. breathing and farting like the effect on the ozone is yeah. he, he probably gave us another hundred years of of life on earth yeah, yeah. look at that yeah he's yeah. A hero. that guy the only reason he gets off even is i think most people know but the, he doesn't get the credit. He doesn't get the credit that Hitler does, right? Hitler totally stole the show. And I think that for the Russians, that probably helped them out a little bit because they don't have quite the PR stain on them no, no. that Germany does. No. You know, I've, you know? Asked, I've asked people, I know... Uh, <laughs> the PR stain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hold on. I got I to gotta like pause there for a second. Fuck. Here's, here's, the, here's the German government. Okay. We have a, quite the PR stain. <laughs> Uh, but, we're in a PR kerfuffle, guys. This is a real pickle. Uh, this is a real pickle here. <laughs> we did this whole World War II, though. This is gross. Wait, wait, we, we did this like a, a genocide? Yeah. Then, hey, how do we reframe this? But that's literally how all the biggest governments on Earth think of this stuff. Yeah. They don't... China right now with all these, uh, these camps that they have out in Western China where they're literally running concentration camps, they're not worried about the human implication. It's a PR thing for them. Yeah, 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 it's like, yeah. how do we manage this PR? Yeah, fucking we, thing. Uh, like, we we boycotted the Mulan cartoon movie, so we yeah. Should, hey, uh, we're 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 all good. We showed hey, that. John yeah. Cena. I'll tell you what, he'll never say that shit again. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we got him, <laughs> got this Chinese back, didn't we? That's quite a PR kerfuffle, guys. Yeah. This whole genocide. This is how this is how I'm going to be known as Marty, the guy that thinks of the Holocaust as a PR kerfuffle. <laughs> Listen, check it out. What do you think about this one? Let's develop a car. It's like eco-friendly, runs on diesel and shit, but let's lie about its emissions and then <laughs> let's get ourselves out of this PR kerfuffle. I like, I really, the, the thing that I've, I've, I've always thought is like fucking hilarious is, is I've got a bunch of these uh, like 1970s, 1980s magazines and they'll have like Volkswagen ads in them and it's the Volkswagen bus became a symbol of peace. Yeah. 
literally 15 years after Volkswagen was part of the fucking war machine against the United yeah. States and they became a symbol of fucking peace. Yeah. And you're like, man, you guys were, were you, you fucking reinvented yourselves like yeah. super quick. You're just like, yeah. wow, look at that. We are fucking over this. There was, yeah. so the, the people that came out of that, the people that got, you want to talk about publicity stunts and things like that. A lot of the Nuremberg trials and who they decided to hang and who they didn't mm. was, was, directly correlated to how much value you still had after the war. Oh, so if yeah, you were yeah. one of the scientists yeah, in charge yeah. of the V-42 fucking rocket program, yeah. well, we got to fucking, we're trying to get somebody on the moon. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're we really got- good at hunting Jews, <laughs> well, that means you're good at hunting humans. We got a spot for you over here in the yeah, CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, um, maybe you were the guy that was figuring out how to monetize all the gold and silver teeth pulled out of Jews before they got fucking, you know, genocide, you know, like, well, that means you're pretty good with money. We got a spot for you on the board of the World Bank in yeah, 1960. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. there's some like people but, that came out of that that absolutely should have been hanging from the bottom of a rope. Uh, but like because that there was some value there, it was like mm, the Israelis yeah. kind of like took care of business on that front there, didn't they? Didn't they kind of go rogue and go like, you know what? No, there were certain we're people that were off. Yeah, yeah. There were certain people off limits though. Yeah, uh, uh, the, yeah. yeah. The Israelis, I think, from what I understand, they definitely figured out the whole South America situation. Oh yeah, and they had a, a you know, they, they got after it for sure. But there were certain people again. If you're on the board of the World Bank, if you're yeah. working for the CIA now, so there were certain people that were off limits. Yeah. I've well, never I mean, the, felt more stupid than I have in the, this, this podcast. Right the here. guy, know all this so shit. so the, the 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 guy behind our our space program, like the yeah. U.S. space program. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Uh, Look it up. Google. Google that. It's from uh, For All Mankind, that show that we love. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy that did the rocket stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, he worked on the V-42 rocket yeah, yeah. program, so, right? Yeah. yeah, he was in charge of it. Yeah. He was yeah. in charge of the V-42 rocket program for the, for the, he was an SS engineer. I think mm-hmm. he was yeah. part of the SS and he was an SS engineer. He, I mean, he had a, a, a whole NASA career after yeah. this. He and was like, he was just like, yeah. He was put on a fucking pedestal. Yeah. Like they made him into yeah. a hero. Yeah. Right. Uh, isn't it Werner Vaughn something? Yeah, Werner you're right. Vaughn, yeah, yeah. Braun, Werner Vaughn. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Werner Vaughn. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Dang, look yeah. at Jericho, huh? Yeah. TBI don't got nothing on you, boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, been, I felt like a complete moron for the last half hour talking about JFK. Stuff. I'm not good with name recall. But That's... I watched a <laughs> series that was a fake take on the space program and it had a minute. So uh, that's why it okay, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, he was like a full-on, yeah. full, full Nazi. He was a full-on fucking Nazi. Yeah. And there are there is a lot of stuff in pop culture, like movies and stuff, that still to this day yeah. paint him as like this good guy. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that series for All Mankind? No. Oh, I it's didn't. it's like it's an amazing series on Apple Plus, and it's like uh, it's a alternate reality that the Soviets landed on the moon before us. Oh, okay. And then the space race took on this whole other trajectory right. and they have him in it in the in the show and this is like this was made like last year and it paints him as this just like, a good dude just a good guy who got a bad rap yeah and, and got caught show. up with the wrong crowd yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. oh i had to or else yeah. uh, like no yeah. dude you could have hopped on a yeah. boat and gone yeah. to fucking einstein got out of there yeah you know, yeah, well, you like, kind of had to. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. like, yeah, it's gonna die. You know, if my choices were participate in a genocide and get out of there, like I also would view that as having to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's you well, know. He he also I think was like 
oh man, like they have all the means to like make my work. He's like probably kind of on the spectrum, but he's like a rocket guy. Yeah. And just looked past all that shit and just had his blinders on like, oh, look how good I get to make my missiles and my rockets. Right. Like, this is great. Like I have all this, like, you know. Like, well, maybe, I mean, fuck, we don't know. Maybe the dude was like, you know, a, another Schindler that was trying to save guys through, you know, he's pulling, I, who knows? Like, it, I absolutely it, 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 think I, that there knows. were people that tried to help by working within the system. Yeah. I, I think that there, those doubt. people did exist, but Zero doubt I don't think it was the majority by any stretch. No. No, I, but there's zero doubt that there's people that were just, you know, complacent mm-hmm. and then they were trying to work through the system. They just like, yeah, yeah. Well, what do the hand thing. Got it. Mm-hmm. So where the pen do the hand thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, and just waiting for that dude to get smoked. Like, yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize too, is when these things happen, it's not like it's super easy, especially back then to just fucking get out of Dodge. No, you know, no, it's not then. like, no. Not back then, even not now. It's yeah. it's difficult. You look at like the recent thing going on in Ukraine right now, yeah. right? It's like you had people back, like just trying to get across a country as big as that, never mind multiple countries or get across an ocean at a yeah. time when international travel was not a sure thing. Yeah, you run so, into one dude with a rifle who's like, you can't do that. You're yeah. Like, well, right. fuck. All right. Shit. Yep. You know, yeah. But, yeah. It's definitely. But also. They were Nazis. Fuck them. Like, try harder. Like, there were, you know, I, I love hearing the stories, though, about the guys that did get their kind of their just desserts. Um, like the guy in charge of uh, one of the concentration camps. Um, he was the superintendent. No, no. Was he in charge? He was in charge. He was the superintendent of it. Is that the guy that was and, living in, like, Minnesota or something? Uh, no. No, I know that's that was a different guy. Terrible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, there was a different guy who, right at the end of the war, they br- uh, they brought him back to the camp to hang him in the camp. And oh, they still great. have the post right there. It's just like, fuck yeah, man, that's cool. You know, yeah, like that's I like a, that. I, and it was like in front of all a bunch yeah. of the former surviving prisoners and stuff. It was right. just like, man, like getting a win. Like, can you imagine like getting a win as a former somebody that survived those camps, like yeah. one of the few, and be able to have that kind of like, okay, you know, I don't know. Do you sleep a little bit better at night because of that? I, I don't know. Imagine so, you know. Yeah, I, like it's to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, just yeah. to know that, like, I saw it with my own fucking eye, yeah. like, right there in this same camp, like, you know, he didn't get some, he wasn't off in Nuremberg or some other place. It was, yeah. like, right here on the same ground, right. you know? Yeah, like, he I think get there's a cyanide capsule or something fucking yeah. bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, it, the, uh, well, the Soviets just uh, released the the DNA not too long ago from, like, the body that they found and people were saying it wasn't Hitler, but the Soviets actually came back and said, there's actually DNA tests. Like this is Hitler. Oh, the conspiracy that Hitler never died there. He's like living with Elvis and fucking, you know, there is like, they run a sip in my, yeah, they're, 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 they're they're living happily ever after like JFK, Elvis and Hitler are all just fucking sipping Mai Tais. And it's, it's, it's it's like cocktail with Tom Cruise. They're just like doing the fucking bottle flipping, you know, like. Man, uh, you talk about good sitcom ideas. So hear me out. Elvis, Hitler. And Tom Cruise. Wait, not Tom Cruise. Sorry, scratch that. And they found a baby. And they're keeping this like their friend Bernie alive. <laughs> Think about it, right? <laughs> JFK <laughs> and Elvis are trying to keep LBJ alive on the beach while they're serving cocktails 
you know, flipping bottles around and banging rando fucking cougars. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen to it. It's a great idea. Marilyn Monroe's there too. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I, I'm. I think I'm ready. Let's let's make the transition. Talk about magazines. Talk I like the magazines. segue from conspiracy theories into uh, objective fact based journalism. I I got what I wanted out of that first part. <laughs> like, I'll just tell you right now. I got I got what I wanted. I, that's exactly what I wanted because I was hyper entertained. That was good because sometimes like you got to get knocked down a peg and realize like I don't know shit about. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like I, that's such uh, an important part of our history, like that I fucking don't know. But it, but it's not it's not none of it is like so it's a conspiracy theory. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's the beauty of conspiracy theories, which I love, where they're theories, and the unfortunate reality that we live in is a lot of people start taking theory and opinion as fact. Yeah they get really confused. So they'll log in to, you know, channel X and they'll be listening to somebody talk to them about facts. And, and they're like, it's a, it's a fucking opinion, yeah. right? So it's so interesting to me that we live in a time where so many people can be persuaded by opinion and take opinion as fact. Yeah. And there's so many people that take theory as fact and they're not willing to just take the extra step and say, "Oh, is this? Are these actual facts?" That's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you all this shit that I just said about JFK and HW and all this stuff. This is like theory. Theory. It's a like, fun thought. It's exercise. a fun thought exercise. Yeah. Like, but there, there are some facts. Like, there are some facts. Point blank, which yeah. is Operation Zapata was the first name of the operation to overthrow Cuba. Bush absolutely said it's good to be home. He absolutely said it's good to be home. Mm -hmm. uh, there are documents that you can trace back and say, this is fact. Oswald so, did have Bush's phone number in his notebook. Like that. Yeah. And there was a George Bush that called the FBI the morning of the assassination and said, this is George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. The FBI pulled it out and they have it in documents and said, this is George Bush. And then the CIA came back and said, yeah, it was an analyst. So some analyst in DC called the fucking FBI and said, hey, just so you know, I am George Bush and I am nowhere near Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Why are you telling us that? Why? I am standing on a clock, jerking like that Chappelle skit where he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, I opened up my windows with a clock around my head and a newspaper. I was jerking off, going, "Hey, I'm Dave Chappelle," <laughs> trying to prove that he wasn't there to commit a crime. He's like senior column, the fucking bureau, like this is George Bush. I yeah. am in Sanguine, Texas, a long way away from Dallas, and. I just wanted to know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's documented. It's like, it, these are like actual documents. So it's fascinating. Yeah. It's just fascinating. And it's just, it, it is like, I, I think, you know, you're a guy who, you know, we all worked in special operations. You come to the CIA world, you know, people who do shady shit, right? Like you've probably done some shady shit. I know and love them. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's interesting. Like I got the chance to do a TV show where I went and visited a bunch of these locations and got to go down the rabbit hole for a little it's bit. It's really good. Like you guys should watch it. What, it because you can still watch it. Yeah, you can you can buy it on like YouTube or yeah, Amazon yeah. What or was whatever. The name of it? Uh it was called JFK Declassified. Yeah. Yeah. So look it up um, and watch it because it is good. It, they released this the 
episodes all at once, which kind of fucked you, but it, yeah. it's, it's actually- a Well, I, I found out, I didn't know how this works. You probably know more about this, but when like the head of a studio switches over, the new one doesn't want to inherit the old stuff unless it's already a bona fide. Like they're not going to inherit season one stuff, right? Yeah, right. So ours was a season one thing. A new studio had came in. It was just like, this thing was like dead on arrival, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was a cool thing to do though because I got to go down this rabbit hole and I'd previously heard Evan's like thing on this, yeah. which is what made me want to do that in the first place because like, oh man, there's a lot to unpack here. This sounds Super awesome. Because I'd previously before that gotten a call about this uh, show called Hunting Hitler, which I thought sounded ridiculous and that no sane person would do that right. and uh, and didn't want anything to do with it. Um, yeah. I was an idiot. Yeah. That show was fucking awesome. I thought you did that. Didn't you do a couple no, episodes? That was a much more handsome, much more physically in shape person, much more capable fighter. Often confused, like Marty is often confused with Tim Kennedy. Yeah. I thought you yeah. and Tim both did that. No. no. I just like put uh, the JFK and the Hunting Hitler together. It's same yeah. production. Yeah. Same producers, yeah. same, all the same stuff. Robert Bear is in, was in mm -hmm. Marty's and... Okay. Yep. So, and he wrote a couple books... Um, sleeping with the devil, which is, is pretty good. It's a, it's kind of like a, 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 a diagnosis of the Saudi American relationship and the petroleum industry. Like it's, 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 it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It was the foundation of this. What's that, what's that movie that it was based on? Uh, is a D is a DiCaprio, uh, Clooney, I think movie about the Middle East. Jimmy Fox in it. Maybe three kings. No, uh, something kingdom. Yeah, the last so, kingdom. I don't know, but either that's about way, medieval times. That's, it's no, it's no, interesting, it's some, Jamie. It's it's about Saudi Arabia, and there's yeah, um, yeah. It's based on Bob's correct. Uh, it's, it's, based I, on, uh, it's not Sicario. It's it starts with an S. Um, yeah, it's it's something like that. It, we'll, we'll pull it. Syriana. Up. Syriana. There Syriana. we go. Bang. Yeah, the Syriana. It is. It's a good. It's a really good movie. I think that like the. The the critical nature of it, specifically with the intelligence apparatus, which I'm not defending by any stretch of the imagination. I just think like to say that there's some layer of direct conspiracy and connection between corporations and the CIA is just kind of like fucking fundamentally ridiculous. Like politicians are persuaded by corporations that like case officers and spies go to work every day. The broad majority of them single and maniacally focused on whatever their concern is. So their enemy, China, Russia, fucking AQI, whoever it is, they're typically not thinking about how they can directly, you know, manipulate corporate connection. Yeah. They're, they're just not. A lot of people all, all the time, they, they always think like there's some kind of fucking grand conspiracy between like Northrop Grumman and the spies on the ground. It's like, not really, dude. It's like, yeah. It's just people doing things and they're very fucking compartmentalized and focused on their thing. And once again, I'm not, I'm not like, it's, it's plenty fucked up. Like uh, mm. there's, there's a lot of things I would say like, Hey man, this is really fucked up. But the general, the, 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 the majority of the staff over there are fucking really committed to the, like the blocking and tackling of intelligence. It's, politics yeah. and the politicians and how they persuade and then corporations and how they persuade politicians to directly affect the way that intelligence is, is run, which that's the problem. It's not fucking... The, it's and, not happening at that sure, tactical and, and, and yeah, it's not level. Yeah, it's tactical level. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a coincidence because I think the corporations are like, okay, here's... They pay people a fuck ton of money to figure out what's going on in the world and how they can make money off of it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not... Well, that, that's, just, what, 
the corporations are good at making money. It's parasitical. It's a parasitical yeah. relationship. It's like a host and parasite, which is it's a chicken and the egg. Their, their goal is to make money and profit. So of course, they're going to have some type of connection that would allow them to have early warning or direct benefit, which we, we can debate the, the ethics of that. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's been part of uh, the intelligence and defense apparatus since long before modern times. Yeah. Back to the 1800s, companies have had a vested interest in war and a vested interest in affecting certain outcomes. Like it's, that's, it's always been that way. And it's not unique to America. Like that's, if if anything, it's more out in the open and probably in other countries. Um, Yeah. I mean, you had the, um, the Rothschilds directly benefited from the, you know, uh, conflict Mm -hmm. between France and Britain and they were funding both sides. Like this is something that's like before us, Yeah, Mm -hmm. way before us, like, as long as people have been making money out of conflict or figuring out, like, there's a bunch of people that are really smart. Yeah. And they have capital. And they're going to be able to leverage it around international or national events and capitalize on that for profit. That's what it is. It's a profiteer. There, and this is an interesting thing, too, because I've had people kind of question before of, like, well, you know, when you were uh, in Iraq or Afghanistan, did you know who you were actually fighting for, what you were actually fighting for? I'm like... I don't really lose a lot of sleep on that too much because a lot of the stuff that we were doing is like, I know that this person that we went after tonight was a fucking bad person. Right. Like regardless of the larger geopolitical implications of America being in this country or that country, I feel pretty fucking good about like, I I don't like there were bad people that were taken off the planet, you know, like that were removed. I don't care. Like the fact that Raytheon, the, the fact that the laser that was on my rifle or the sight or or the fucking aircraft above me, or, like the reason that was there, we picked that one over another one. Yeah, maybe there was some, you know, tomfoolery uh, going on there. But I don't feel, and I think that a lot of people probably can rest pretty easy about like, no, there was like good work that was done. You know, yeah. was the larger endeavor probably Set, set up to fail, to never, you know, was it wrong to be there in the first place? In Iraq's case, especially, yeah, probably, you know, but um, I don't- There's a complex know. debate to be had around yeah. that. It's, it's, it's- Should there be politicians losing sleep? Yes, there should yes. be. But I no don't. soldier, mm-hmm. no soldier needs to lose any sleep over it because it's not- like their responsibility is to defend the United States. Mm-hmm. It's not their responsibility to- go out and make the ethical determination as to what, whether or not what they're doing in the time of war. And that happens during every war. There were people during the lead up to World War II that thought the United States should not get involved in a European war. Absolutely. And that that Pearl Harbor, let's just leave it late. We don't want to get caught up in a a Pacific campaign. Like people, there were people that ethically and and, and argued the moral point of we shouldn't be getting involved in a world war. That's World War I. But can you imagine if- World uh, War One as well. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if people said, well, like, yeah, it's just not the... That's no, a, people answered the call. They that's went the and did... problem. Yeah. You know, they, they went and did what they were, their country asked them to do, you know? I mean... Well, we, we're having that debate right now, even as a country, like whether or not it was the right or whether or not it's, it, it's morally or ethically correct to intervene in the Ukraine, whether it's with weapons or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, money yeah. mm-hmm. and... You know, you have an isolist, uh, an isolationist perspective, and you have a, you know the the other perspective, mm-hmm. which I think the, the the thing that people should be open to is just hearing the debate. Mm-hmm. You, like, what's going on? Why should we be interested in something like this? What are the facts associated with it? And then be less attached to like 
social memes and figuring out like, yeah, yeah, but you know what, man, we, we got to ship them nukes or whatever the fuck it is, whatever they're, yeah. they're talking that's about. That's the same like, person who's like, let's just nuke the Middle East and solve the problem. Everybody get a party. Like, hey, yeah. Which by, by every stretch of the imagination is not a bad solution. Yeah, no. <laughs> like it, it, at times I think they're like that, 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 that is a solution to a problem. Yeah. It's just one out of a thousand different solution solutions out there. Yeah. Like I technically not what I would say is the best, but in, at times there, yeah, it might be absolutely called for like yeah. how many fucking cities did we burn to the ground in Japan? Like we fucking burnt their cities to the ground. McNamara said, if we do not win this war, we will all be tried for war crimes Yeah, for the things that we do. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite things to talk about is because uh, a lot of times uh, v- <laughs> Vietnam veterans and GWAT veterans specifically are held against the standard of the World War II veteran. And they're put on a pedestal and we look at that war with rose-colored glasses oh. as if everything was a black and white, good versus bad. The good guys only did good things or, or, yeah. or were only killed if they absolutely had to. Man, there was a lot of fucked up things that happened Dresden. back then. There was a lot of... Dresden was fucking gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, there's a lot of things back then. People talk about like, man, World War II veterans, they just, they just didn't talk so much. One, that's fucking false. Audie Murphy starred in his own movie about himself. Uh, they, <laughs> they absolutely wrote books. They absolutely wrote books. Yeah. And also, by the way, a lot of them probably didn't talk about it because there's a lot of shit that they probably don't want to talk about because it was actually yeah. not this glorified war story. It was like things that were fucking like, I shouldn't repeat this in public or in front of my family. Yeah, I know, I know uh, a guy who was one of the creators of Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So he did tons and tons of research and like mm-hmm. met the guys. And he, the stuff that the guys from Band of Brothers did, like when they rolled into Germany, absolute fucking war crimes. But they, mm-hmm. because of our, our relationship with World War II and like the Nazis were fucking horrible. So it's okay for us to lionize these guys and just paint them as choir boys rolling through Europe and like mm. tossing kids chocolate bars. But like- They got pulled they out of church murder- on Sunday to go fight the Nazis. They were murdering and fucking their way through Germany. Yeah. Like wholesale. Like, which is fucking fine. But the 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 way that we, like you said, the history is is written in such a way now that it makes us think on the things that we do mm-hmm. with, a, with a weird standard mm. of behavior. It, it's interesting that you say that because now I've also- now that I'm thinking about it from that context is that the fairy tale that we've had to, 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 to tell as far as World War II has in some ways it's affected the way that we fight wars mm-hmm. and it's made us less effective because instead of being barbarians because that's what it takes in order to win like unless people think unless there's another way which there's no debating this. It's just factual, which is you have to kill. Mm-hmm. You have to maim and you have to kill in order to win. There is no other option. That's the way it goes. But because we've lied to ourselves as a country and specifically, I think politicians and other people about the nature of warfare and how you can, you know, hand out chocolate bars and fucking, you know, give people flowers on your way through Europe yeah, and not truly understand the actual savagery that has to take place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it had to have affected yeah, the way that we fought wars in the future. And there's th- zero doubt. The interesting part about it is I think that you could, 
I think that you, I would be completely comfortable saying that the way war was conducted for the past 20 years was the most ethical at the tactical level it has ever been conducted in human history. Because of the advent of smart bombs, because the advent of surgical direct action raids that I'm aware of, we didn't carpet bomb anything, you know, like there's no, right. Like I, I, not, not that I'm aware of, right. Like did civilians get killed a hundred percent? Yes, they did. But like, as far as you compare the conduct at the tactical level over the past 20 years versus any other period of war in human history between any other nations, I don't think that anybody's ever conducted it as morally or ethically as we did. No, not that unethical things didn't happen or uh, immoral things didn't happen, but man, I tell you what, right now, a lot of people, that are, there's a, a political slant in the United States that definitely is very outspoken about their support for Ukraine right now. I also support generally Ukraine fucking defending itself, right? Like there's a lot of those people they are going to find out in the future because we live in an era of cell phones and GoPros and, and things like that. You're going to find out what it took to fucking repel a Russian invasion. Right. And guess what? It's not very fucking pretty. Yeah. Like it's... <laughs> There's going to be some, there's going to be a lot of people right now with like little fucking sunflowers in their Twitter bios and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I just, that's fine that you support that. And I agree. They got invaded. They didn't ask for the invasion. They, they're doing what it takes to win. I'm not criticizing them, but yeah. there's a lot of people that I think are going to be very fucking uncomfortable like, with exactly what even just surviving to this point for Ukraine took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I don't think anybody should be a Russian apologist either, which is, no. like, there's also a narrative out there where it's like, you know, Putin's a fucking good guy. What, what they the, just don't want NATO on their borders. It's like, <laughs> like, fuck off. Look yeah. at the scumbag. He's, yeah. he's a fucking scumbag criminal. Yeah. That, you know, when we talk about regime change, when we talk about international, you know, bad actors, like he's, he's at the fucking top yeah. of the list. Yeah. He's the, one of the wealthiest men in the fucking world. He's one of the most corrupt people in the fucking world. Like, yep. so... This, this whole debate is just kind of nonsense because people have gone in on like both sides. They've gone like, well, support them. You know, it's kind of like that whole fucking debate is like, believe all women. It's like mm. percentage wise, there's quite literally zero difference between the lying in male or female. Like yeah. zero difference. Support Ukraine at all costs. No dummies. That's not what you do either. Yeah. What you do mm. is you- yeah. you Support make, it up to the extent that it's beneficial to us. Exactly. It's, it's a strategic initiatives mm that get the exact outcome that directly benefits the United States yep. for the long term. But don't just go like, yay, like everybody's great in the Ukraine. Like we have to like send everything. You're like, okay, what, like what fucking fairy tale are you living in? Like mm-hmm. these people are just living in a false reality. And the same people are like, well, Russians just defending their border. Like fuck off. Like you guys are both wrong. You're both yeah. wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's people that don't want to just come to terms with the fact that there are a lot of complex issues out there, complex (laughs) problems that don't have simple solutions. Yeah. Like these are complex problems. They're like fucking comp. Our best minds are trying to figure this shit out. It's not going to be reduced down to a simple statement. In in which is like part of the genesis to coffee or die, which is why do we have coffee or die to begin with? Why do we think it's important? You know, I think it's, I think back on, like just my war experience. And I think of back on how many things the news got wrong, mm-hmm. like all the time, you know, whether it was like lionizing the fucking, you know, the heroic Afghani, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you mean that, that like brain dead pedophile fuck? Is that who you're talking about? You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you mean that guy? No, like that guy's a fucking savage and he's trying to kill us. So fuck him. You know what I mean? Or if it's, 
American invasions or American incursion into different areas of, of, you know, the tribal region of Afghanistan is always correct or whatever the fuck narrative it was. It's like, no man, like, like there are things that we can be doing here that I think objectively would benefit, but also like the cost benefit analysis after a while, you have to look at it. I, I looked at it all the time. It's like, there are 23 provinces in Afghanistan. Why do we have American service members here, you know, when I say service members, like everybody, because I was using my indigenous guys going out, doing what we were doing. We just had to expand that capability. Mm -hmm. But, and I thought about it all the time. I'm like, it's not the perfect solution. It's not the American like flag, but it's an Afghani solution to the problem. It's Mm -hmm. more cost-effective. It has an Afghani face. Like it's like, it's way more cost-effective. Like I'm a, I'm a covert, I'm a covert and unconventional warfare guy. That's who I am. Like I can't fucking change my, my stripes. I believe in conducting warfare like that. I think low intensity conflict just in general needs to be by, with, and through with limited special operations involvement, but conventional forces just need to be conventional and stay focused on strategic threats. That's my two cents. I don't need to say anything more about it. What I like about coffee or die is, you know, it's, is trying to be as objective as possible. And it has been over the course of the last couple of years, which I think is super important for us to talk about. One, Marty runs it. I think everybody knows that. Uh, two, I think what I just said was validated through what, what's the, explain the, the fucking awards that I keep talking about. Yeah. So we, um, for the second year in a row, actually we've, uh, uh, one of the main kind of nonprofits uh, that advocates for military and veteran journalism, but also runs like a yearly uh, awards uh, thing is called Military Reporters and Editors Association. Um, basically, they run a yearly thing where you can submit for different categories. And I'm a big believer in uh, in submitting stories that one, I think it, it helps out with the credibility of our publication, sure. but it's also, it's a, it's a morale thing. We yeah. should... We have people doing good work. Like we should, we should, they should be recognized for that. Right. And it's a good kind of third party being recognized for that. It's one thing for me to tell them, Hey, good job. It's another thing to have their peers or, you know, an objective third party that says, you know, this is legitimate, you know? And so uh, we won um, three categories this year, one for best overseas coverage, one for uh, best overseas coverage for video. There was a video category that we won. It was for large networks, by the way. So we're up against TV stations, 60 minutes, like places like that. And then uh, another one for best um, opinion editorial type stuff. So um, the fact that we won three categories, I don't think any other, I know no other publication, which Reuters, AP, I mean, the biggest places out there, including all the way down to Military Times, Task and Purpose, other people kind of in this space. Mm -hmm. Everybody's submitting their stories to this. The fact that we won for best overseas coverage as a a small publication funded by a coffee company, like, the the fact that we're the fact that we won that co- best overseas coverage but then you look at against CNN against the AP against global news organizations we're the ones that won that award like that's pretty special but then you look at it like okay out of all those places we had a guy on the ground at HKI during the downfall of Afghanistan documenting that at a place where all the other journalists were rounded up and put in a room right. where they couldn't see <laughs> Right, we had another person, fucker. Yeah. which was super uncomfortable at the time. We had another person behind Taliban lines up in uh, Mazari yeah. Sharif. Yeah, okay, that was the biggest story of 2021, probably. Right, right? or at least as, as yeah, far yeah, as it affected sure. our yeah. Uh, community. Yeah, and then this year we look at this 
Ukraine, right? The invasion of Ukraine, probably one of the, the biggest impacts on geopolitics and I don't even remember the last time something this big mm-hmm. has happened. Hey, outside, outside of like the invasion of Iraq, I, from our perspective, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest impact. But even the invasion of Iraq, I don't think had the impacts on the, the, the wide ranging, the, the global economy that Russia invading Ukraine and then the subsequent re- restrictions being put on Russia that's impacted mm-hmm. everybody in the world. Like this has wide ranging effects. We had at our peak, four people on the ground in yeah, Ukraine, yeah. you know? And why do, we, it's clear why we needed to worry about Afghanistan. Why do we need to worry about Ukraine? Well, how many tens of thousands of American troops do we have on the border on, mm-hmm. in Poland right now, mm-hmm. in Hungary, in Romania, and in these other places right now who are just, man, they're one fucking, one Russian putting in the grid coordinate wrong on one of those Iskander missiles from yeah. fucking being in it. Or just a, a, a Russian munitions just in general being like, yeah. you know, excellent in, in, in yeah. all of their engineering. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's really important for us to, one, rewind and identify a couple of things, which is why is it important for us to do this, which is coffee and I think news information just in general. They mm-hmm. go together like coffee and news. Like I take my coffee and my news, like I like them together typically in the morning. Um, it's just the way that I start my day. It's the way that I think a huge percentage of Americans start their day. Why is it important for us to do this? Well, anytime we do, anytime we do anything, we have to be an artisan of our craft. We have to try to recruit the best and then get the best information out. So if we're going to report and stand up a blog, well, then we're going to try to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. Like why, why fucking go into business unless you're going to try to be the best? Yeah. Having journalists, how many guys do you have in the Ukraine? Four at the time? At, at our peak how four. We still have one there veterans? now. Uh, all four of them were veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me, yeah. you, Josh, and Nolan. Yeah. So what, veterans covering conflict, mm-hmm. like, that's what we should be about. That's the whole, like, like veterans should be covering conflict. Yeah. Veterans and should be out there covering conflict. Un- understanding the complexity of the battlefield where yes. you're looking at certain things that another reporter might be. It's why when you watch a fucking NFL football game, they have Troy Aikman on there yes. fucking commentating. They yep. don't have just some dude who read about football for yeah. fucking 30 years. It's they're they're people who have lived it mm-hmm. and they're experts in it. And they they you can look at this environment and be like. And, and, and we did it. Like I would see journalists going like, I'm going to go. And I'm like, that's fucking dumb. That's mm-hmm. fucking dog and pony bullshit. Like, I'm not going to go look at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. And I don't know why we as Americans are like so comfortable with just getting our fucking news from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or, or when we or, saw it all the time, we saw it in Iraq and Afghanistan all the time. All the journalists would be ca- trying to cover the war from the the rooftop on a fucking hotel. Yeah. It's like you, you you don't know a damn thing about what's happening, <laughs> and there's no way your interviews with a bunch of random soldiers get to the heart of whether or not you're out there taking. This information is a big in. thing about like what the spirit of what we're doing is. Is we're trying to what I call is the Ernie Pyle take on journalism, where we're in the foxhole with you. We're right there next to you. We're in the mud. We're, we're eating the same MRE. We're shitting in the same wag bag. Not the same wag bag. Yeah. Not, we're getting our wag bag out of the same box. You're getting your wag there bag. There you go. Out of. Yeah. Uh, it's a wag bag. It's a little sack that you shit in. And then. Never heard of this. Yeah. yeah. Is it JFK thing? Yeah. No, it's uh, uh it's uh, if you didn't grow up really, um, uh, really privileged in the Ranger battalions where we lived on an airfield the entire time with all the amenities. Yeah. I found this out after I left the military and actually had to go out with SF guys who <laughs> actually have a pretty raw deal. Hooked in a wag bag? Uh, I, I only use MRE bags. I like yeah. those I because I, I would just like, I would just shit an MRE bag. But, but the I idea is, 
But the idea is that we're right there next to you on this stuff and that you're trusting what we're saying because you know we're out there doing If we're not, I love the comments that I get on some of these YouTube pages or on this podcast. You know, when it comes out, there'll be somebody that's like, oh, Marty was on my fucking, uh, uh, you know, on my track that I was in in Germany for that big training exercise that yeah, we did. Yeah. Or fucking, you know, Jericho, like I know Jericho, like he, I saw him in fucking Ukraine or I was on the airfield with him and H. Kaya. Like I, like there, there, there's these people out there that have actually interacted with us in real life because we aren't reporting from the rooftop of a hotel. We are out there literally right next to these people. I don't know how the, fu- I mean, there are a bunch, there are, there are several journalists that I've come across in tra- for coffee or die where I'm like, how the fuck do you sleep at night? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I can't remember their names off the top of my but I've we saw it. Like mm-hmm. them going out to a fucking square where they just they just got a slice of pizza and they're out fucking with their body armor and their helmet on and they're like, I'm reporting live from Ukraine. And you're like, you're a fucking fraud. Mm-hmm. You're an absolute I, fraud. I yeah. I used to do like a part-time gig where I trained journalists from all the main news networks. And it was a uh, they would have to con- come in and do like a week or two of mm-hmm. training. It was paid for by Lloyds of London, who is their insurance provider. And they were idiots. Not only that, but they, I, I was trying to teach them little things where it was like, well, you know, the, a guy pulls a pistol on me from a half a block away. What do I do? I'm like, flip him off. Like, he's not going to hit you. He's fucking, <laughs> dude probably is shooting at you with a Makarov nine mil from a hundred yards away. Like, I don't know, light up a cigarette and walk the other way. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing's going to happen. What gonna fucking, yeah, he's going to miss. <laughs> like, most of these dudes are going to miss with an AK if you're a hundred yards yeah. away. Like, don't fucking stress out about it. Like, yeah. I mean, and they, and, and they were like, oh my God. You're like, oh, oh, what, what? It's like, that hey, dude's got a track suit and a Makarov from, you know, 300 yards away. Like, yeah. if he's telling you to come over, don't like just yeah. walk the other way. <laughs> yeah. You know, little yeah. things like that where you're like, they, they they don't have the contextual understanding as to the 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 environment itself, how kinetic it is as well. Because the other thing that I used to yeah. talk about all the time is just the ultra violence in the speed of like uh, uh, munitions is so fast. Yep. For your for your indoctrination, what you need is 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 you don't want to be trying to pursue your indoctrination into the speed of munitions to an overwhelming extent right off the bat. Like kind of warm up to it, right? It's mm-hmm. like go get some confidence, like try to be on the tertiary of it, but don't fucking get right into the heat of it because that's like not not good either because your mind won't have the ability to comprehend the situation. It just can't until you're fucking warmed up to it with a lack of a better term. My point in this is like, you had so many different, I had so many different journalists that were like, they're fucking wearing a goddamn helmet in, a, in, in their hotel room, right? Yeah. They, they have no ability to go out and do the things that, that we at this table have the ability just to do like we're, you know, taking a piss. Yeah. It's, 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 you, you saw like, for me, I saw like people that were just like, their bandwidth is used up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like my, I have a background application that is war and I know it's just fine. It just runs back there. Yeah. And I don't, at the end of the day, going out and pouring, like I'm tired, but it's like, I could have been out doing anything. I'd be mm-hmm. just as tired. It's just because I have that, that violence inoculation and that fucking war inoculation to where it's now 
Yeah, yeah. I would get I would get scared if you told me I had to go out and shoot free throws in an NBA game. I would be scared shitless. Yes, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I've never done this before. Yeah, but like with us, it's home. It's going it's home. It's home. It's it's it's. I was. I, I remember this. I just as a reference, right? Like we we had the, a couple guys that were like taking pop shots at us one day, and we were in this fucking armored car, and we were like doing this thing, and like I was putting in a dip, like just like playing on my fucking mm. phone. Like, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, eh, you gonna get that? Like, hitting the dude on the leg, you gonna get that? Like, nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. But whereas, like, people that haven't been in that situation, they'd be losing their fucking minds. They'd yeah. be like, oh my God, that guy has an AK and he's shooting at us from like 300 yards away or whatever, or 400. And you're like, we're in a fucking tank, <laughs> you know, a, a armored Humvee with a fucking M250 cal on the top. Like, that guy's gonna be dead. And like, five minutes. Like, I'm not going to even break out of my Copenhagen pause here for this. Yeah. This means nothing to me. Yeah. Like I'll open up a, my, my, you know, a magazine. And that read. was uh, my favorite part about some of the feedback that we got. So right after I started, right after you hired me was the first thing I do. I go to Afghanistan, right? We're going to set the tempo for doing this right off the bat. And my favorite thing was the comments on the videos that came out of that with the little like tick that we got into yeah, with this yeah. ODA of people were like commenting about like, finally, there's a report of this not acting like they're at the D-Day landings yeah, during yeah, a, yeah. a small, what was clearly like, you know, not remotely effective fire, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. People were dying down like down the hill from us, but not like where I was at. And it was just like just saying what's going on. But you know that if there was a lot of other people out there, they would be acting like, here we are. Ah, <laughs> oh, ah. <laughs> no, it, it could have happened the day before. And they would have been like, yeah. here we are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that uh that first not first day, but I was up like northwest of Kiev and mm-hmm. that journalist was killed. Dude. Other journalists were running up to me, like in there, like take that off. They're they're targeting journalists. They're gonna kill all of us. And then like, I don't think so, man. I think it was just a coincidence. That yeah, I was just in the wrong place at the yeah. wrong time. Take off that American flag. They're they're gonna target you. I don't. <laughs> that's off to them if they can do that. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think so. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave this on. Just gonna leave it on. But there's that that lens that you can look through about even uh, like where are you gonna spend your time covering stuff, or where are the things that you're gonna go to, where you know the difference between. That's just a coincidence or that's really kind of a big fucking nothing burger. Here's where the real story is at. Yeah. You know, like that's, I think that the really interesting thing that we can bring uh, to covering these different conflicts, even down to like the coverage that we do on first responders and, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. It's like, we've got people that were cops, were paramedics, that sort of thing. Like, they understand and they provide context to a lot of these things that we're talking about. We did a lot of coverage in 2020 during the uh, all the protests and riots yeah, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, a ton. Like we had people out there at one time. We had a person in Seattle and like the the Chaz or whatever it was called yeah. in Portland Chaz. and in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother Josh, who's also a staff writer, zero nepotism there. Don't accuse me of it. Um, he literally weird. was that was weird. Yeah, yeah no, I just no. it's more of a joke because it absolutely <laughs> was nepotistic. He's actually really good at his job, but like he 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 hung up his uniform as a paramedic where he'd been in Minneapolis for five years as a paramedic. Literally been on the same scenes as uh, Officer Chauvin and these other guys that were the center of these riots. Literally hung up his uniform and started working for us. His first week on the job was the Minneapolis Holy riots. Holy shit! Like he's literally texting his buddies on the police force. We're like, hey man, don't fucking like hit me with the rubber bullet. They did, but but it was because it was funny, um, you know. But like that that's like funny. the sort of person that's that we had on the ground, yeah. and we actually got a lot of a lot of credit for being able to like point out the difference and like cut through the noise of 
No, there absolutely are rioters out here. Mm. Also, they're not all rioters. There were some actually just legitimate protesters out there, and there is a difference. Like, bringing that nuance to it, you know? You must hate America if you think there were legitimate yeah. rioters. I feel like I'm shouting into the mic. I'm getting really, are, like, fucking... You're really, it's really good. Sorry. I, like, I am passionate I like about this. You're very passionate about it. It's good. So as we start to evolve this, like based on you know, what we're trying to accomplish is... You know, being as, as as objective and fact based as we can, mm-hmm. providing I think a valuable insight into a lot of these different situations with subject matter experts that have experience. Right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. somewhat of a summary. This is not a a magazine like other people have their magazines. Yep. When you when you pick up a magazine off the shelf at you know the convenience store or Barnes and Noble or the grocery store wherever that is, they're going to have half at uh, least half at least is this is going to be you know, some type of ad. So we try to limit the ads. We try to write very substantive. Well, Marty does. He tries to activate very substantive. We talk about some of these people that we've got over here. It's like Nolan Peterson, a former Air Force special operations pilot, speaks four languages, living. He's reported on conflict, reported on conflict in Africa, the Middle East, and now the uh, Ukraine. Ran, Ran a marathon in Antarctica. Look at Carl Prine. Guy got out of the Marines back in the early 90s and wanted to become a conflict reporter. So he just booked a ticket to fucking Sierra Leone and hopped in with the nearest fucking gun truck. Of course, you, like, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think the thing that I love about Coffee or Die is the access it gives people who are just fucking good at what they do, but they don't necessarily have the pedigree mm-hmm. yeah, to yeah. get into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm an example. I've never taken a fucking creative writing class. I don't know fuck all about it. You're a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) But you know what? I know how to get around in places and I Mm -hmm. can put a couple sentences together with the help of a good editor. Yeah. And I got to go and do these fucking things that I was locked out of in in the fucking mainstream, Mm -hmm. right? They would have fucking laughed at me. You're a good writer though. Like you're... Yeah, I get yeah. it. But you're a good writer. Just in general, I think you have a talent for it, even if you don't have... Good in front of the camera, too. Those dispatches that we were putting out, like his stuff radio, were... Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like boogers and whatever. But like, that's what I love about what this magazine does, is yeah. it gives a fucking place. We are still accessible to people that have the fucking talents and the fucking moxie mm-hmm. to yep. go out and tell these fucking stories in a way that is still... Fucking just the truth. Like mm-hmm. I said in that video, it's it's the fucking truth. Like it doesn't need to be spun anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be from, even though it, it ends up being, it, it doesn't, it's the veteran perspective, whatever. It's just the fucking truth. Yep. Right. And the fact that we are still accessible to people who can come out and be like, hey, I love what you're doing. Here's a sample of my work. I have access to this thing. And we're like, fucking A, let's have a story from you. Yeah. Like, take a couple pictures and put it in the fucking magazine. Yep. Nowhere else. Like, Nowhere else does that happen. I've I've been, I mean, not to like fucking sound like an asshole and toot my own horn, but Hell yeah. I was in places that no one fucking else was. And like you said, I think I'm a pretty decent writer. I couldn't even get a fucking response from a ton of other fucking, yep. uh, what do you call them? Outlets. Outlets. Sure. Because I'm not that fucking pedigree. I don't know someone who knows someone there. Right, right. And we have a great opportunity to tell fucking great stories from people who are placed and passionate and you know, the I'm rambling, but yeah, it's, it's, but that's the story of black rifle coffee. Like mm-hmm. to be fair, like it's, 
it's a group of veterans that are doing things in in spite mm-hmm. of their background based on their experience. They're just saying, you know what, fuck it, let's let's full send, let's go. You know, when we started the company, when I went, I mean, when I did, <laughs> I don't want to say we, um, <laughs> but. I didn't have a fucking MBA. Like I, I wasn't yeah. like going out to Silicon Valley and people were lined up with, you know, suitcases full of cash. I didn't have a fucking clue. So what I did was I wrote an op order and I'm like, okay, so mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. Like, how do you start a business? Like, what what is the premise of this? Like, how do I turn this into, you know, a full scale course of action development and then recruit my buddies to come in and help me out? And we've been very successful you know, based on, you know, obviously the customer and the people that we've had here in the company and the team that we've been able to put together. But it's not because we went out and found a bunch of, you know, private equity investors and, you know, Harvard MBAs. We do have some Harvard MBAs here because we have a thousand employees. We do have people with MBAs. We do have, you know, guys that have fucking no degrees. And we got guys that are like former command star majors and, you know, O3s and O5s. Like we got a pretty eclectic group of dudes. But the premise of this is what's your entrepreneurial spirit? Can you Mm -hmm. go out and do the shit that needs to get done? Who else is writing a story like this? Like Bat Boy Sweep. Fuck yeah. Inside the 75th Ranger Regiment's efforts to crush the 2022 Best Ranger competition. How many other publications do you think are writing a, a story like this? Not a lot. Yeah, no. not very many at all. And I think that, you know, you think about that the way you started Black Rifle, the way I view getting coffee or die off the ground and this evolution of where we're at right, right now, in spite of why do we need overseas coverage when people can get it from CNN or, or the New York Times or some of these mm-hmm. other places, right? Well, I'm, I'm sure that you were thinking, you know, people probably, I'm, Positive people said the same thing. Why do we need Black Rifle Coffee if we've got Starbucks, Folgers, Maxwell House? You still say it. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, it's not because it's because, I don't know. Because I think suck. we can do it better. I think we can do yeah. it better. I think like, we, we can, can do, do coffee better. better. Yeah. I think we can do journalism better. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole thing. It's we can do it better. Like right? mm-hmm. whether or not it's a company culture, whether or not I, I think a lot of this rests on a customer and, and company culture, and what we do inside the company really matters, and it translates to what we do outside the company. Coffee or die, from my perspective, is part of what people have given us the charter to do is to do this. Mm-hmm. Because without us doing this and consolidating information around very important pieces, who else is doing it? Yeah. A lot and of people are... A lot of people have to make... Like the other thing is a lot of people have to drive eyeballs. So they, they create clickbait. They mm-hmm. create clickbait to drive eyeballs so they can convert it into ads. Mm-hmm. This, you've already paid for the coffee. <laughs> so like, yeah. we're just trying to create value. Yeah. You know, here's a, a, a dose of prevention, ketamine and PTS. Where written else by, are you going to... Written by the former fucking 175 battalion. The most decorated PA. Most PA in, now a doctor, but at the time, the most decorated PA in the U.S. Army. Yeah, yeah, that brought whole blood transfusion yeah. back to the point of injury. I'll, I'll read it right here. The former regimental physician's assistant, an infantryman of the 75th Ranger Regiment, general surgery resident at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine. His content is in, for informational and educational purposes only. It's not to substitute professional or medical advice. So once again, he's, or we are, mm. we're putting out a disclaimer saying, hey, this, this is the information. But 
where else are you going to find a story about 75th Ranger Regiment winning the best Ranger competition? And then the next story is ketamine for PTS. Yeah. There's a story in here about the psychedelic revolution within yeah. the uh, the veteran community. There's a story about Andy Stumpf. There's a story, there's like, there's a story about skateboarding in here. There's a story about the international sniper competition. There's like everything that you probably expect coming from us. And then a bunch of stuff that you probably don't expect. Mm -hmm. No, you, you know, don't, you don't expect a lot of this. I think every time, every time I, I, I open up one of these magazines, I'm pleasantly surprised the sub, how the old Rolex Submariner became a storyteller by Trevor Thompson. So, and like, again, this is what I fucking love. If Trevor Thompson went to, what do you want to call it? Rolling Esquire. St Rolling Stone, Esquire, yeah. whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. I was a fucking Navy SEAL. We love fucking Submariner Rolexes. And I think this is a dope story. They'd be like, fuck off. Fuck off. But that is mm -hmm. such a cool fucking story. It's a cool story. Can you imagine Justin Governale getting published in literally any other print no, no, magazine just, out there? I can't imagine Justin Governale having a professional track development in any other environment <laughs> other than ours because yeah. he is an animal. Yeah. He is a wild, feral beast. And I say that in the best way possible. In a complimentary way. Yeah. I, I love him. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's scary. He is a scary person. Yeah, mm -hmm. He is. He's very scary. But I think this is a, uh, this is so interesting. When you flip through this magazine, you know, Foreign Fighters. Noonan? Is that how you pronounce yeah. that? Yep. Yeah, by Michael Noonan. From Afghanistan and Iraq to Ukraine and beyond. So, like, I, I, I love this magazine so much. I think it speaks to our, our company so well. If you're not subscribing to the magazine, and I'm not saying that from, like, the physical magazine perspective... Because obviously, you know, please subscribe to please the physical magazine. To the physical magazine, yeah. but log in to the blog, Coffee or mm -hmm. Die, read it. The conversations that we're having within the company, a lot of these conversations manifest themselves within stories that start to essentially take these conversations. They make them official, and then we provide them a narrative, a, a organized narrative that we mm -hmm. can release to everyone else. So people have an insight. We talk about psychedelics in this company every week. Mm -hmm. Every day. Every day at times. Yeah. And, you know, th there's a lot of things that we're talking about from the individual company perspective in just our, 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 our conversations mm -hmm. that we're trying to pull out and then make them a, a more... I would say nationalized conversation with this. And I think it's, I think it's really important for people to understand like, where do we come up with these stories? So, I mean, I think like you can kind of explain the process, like how, yeah. how does the process work? Yeah. So uh, at, at its barest form, it comes from the bottom up typically of, Hey, we employ our writers and our editors are our audience, right? Like, mm -hmm. so they're the ones that are pitching stories. It'll typically go up to their senior editor. Our senior editors, you know, like I said, Nolan Peterson, a former Air Force Special Operations guy, Carl Prine, former Marine Scout swimmer, as well as uh, uh, in the Army. Um, Matt White, a former Air Force pararescue guy that was doing search and rescue up in Alaska and dust off in Afghanistan. 
and uh, Adam Linehan, who just recently joined our team as our culture editor, former army medic, a decorated army medic, you know, all of these guys also experienced storytellers. Their staff writers are helping them. A lot of our staff writers that we have are actually fairly inexperienced people. We have a few experienced ones, but a lot of them, this is their first reporting job. Oh, cool. And they're getting access to editors. Man, Evan, when I was starting out, if I would have had access to some of these people as I was, I'd be a fuck. Like, just incredible. A guy like Eric Miller, who just writes a funny resume, and then we hire him. Yeah, yeah. And now he's working with some of the best editors out there, you know? And so that's where the stories come up from. And then, you know, on 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 the actual website, our daily stories that are going out every day, that daily news, we do a meeting every day, and I'm going through every story and making sure it's right for us, and or it's not, or, or you know, we're taking chances in some areas and that sort of thing. But that's kind of the daily cadence. For the print magazine, man, this process starts nine months out. Right. It's like, this cover story... For the spring issue, uh, you know the next Cold War that Nolan did. Well, we were about to go to um, go to press with this magazine. Uh, I think it was five days after it was the deadline for this issue. Five days after Russia invaded Ukraine, mm. and all of a sudden, the story that we had there before seemed really irrelevant. <laughs> and I called Nolan, and Nolan's literally living in a country. Just put his wife on a train to, to France to get her out of there, and he's staying behind. Hey, man, can you ship me out a cover story? Like, how long does it need to be? I don't know, four or five thousand words. It's a cover story. Three days had it turned around. Like, so we planned this this magazine out nine months as well. You know, right. that started out July 2021, but we that cover story came in five days before deadline, you know? And so there's a lot of um a lot of planning, a lot of thoughtfulness, but it's a lot of those things where I think kind of my metric is, man, would Evan want to read this? Would Matt or Logan want to read this? Does Jericho want to read this? Do I want to read this? You know, <clears throat> maybe there's some stories that you wouldn't fucking care for that Jericho would think are cool and vice versa, but you know. But that's just normal, dude. Yeah, that, I mean, but there's a little bit. I, I I love to tell people. I think you'd be hard pressed to to not find at least a few stories in here that you are really excited to read. You know, I was in the coffee shop the other day, and there's a guy sitting at the table, thumbing through, and he's like sitting there giggling to himself. And I thought that was really cool. You yeah, know? this is this is a super fun magazine. When I say that, like you, you know, it is a it's, it's one of my favorite things to pick up. I have them all around the house, like. Mm-hmm. They're at the house. You know, Jericho was over there the other night, but they're like laying around. My daughter, my five-year-old picked one up the other day and she's like, she's like, daddy, why do you guys have your own magazine? <laughs> like, it's super funny. It was like, uh, that's a good question uh, because we can, yeah. you know, it, it's this Sir Edmund Hillary thing where he's like, why would you climb Everest? Because it's there, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. It's like, this is such a cool representation of the brand. What, the thing I like about it is like you can kind of immerse yourself into the culture and the conversations of mm-hmm. Black Rifle. And, and you don't have, you're like, you're not being pitched constantly about mm-hmm. like every fucking second. Even the ads aren't ad. exactly, this isn't yeah. beating you over the head with, yeah, you know? You know, something that, uh, again, talking to, other people in the field, other journalists from other other platforms, they've told me before how fucking jealous of me they are. Like, man, you guys get to do cool shit. Like mm-hmm. the way that we get to like put information out and like it's it's what the fuck we want to do. It's cool. Whereas they have to like walk this line, yeah. like, oh, is this gonna be piss off this person? Is it gonna piss off that person? Like, yeah, we have such a cool like, fucking it's it's a privilege to to put this out and to like write for it and like give people these cool fucking stories rather than having to feed this fucking machine of bullshit well, and that the, so many other people work for. Well, yeah, and then you have all these other media outlets. I'll use like 
you know, Vice is a perfect example because they've been sniffing up our ass for the last couple months. You know what they're trying to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to do. They're, they're trying to like tee us up and fucking smash us. Like that's what they want. Because they have a political objective in what they're doing. Whereas like, we never do that. We're not going to like go out and try to write some hit piece on another company. You know why? Because I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I'd rather write something or have, you know, the reporters report on something substantive that matters yeah. in people's lives. If we're going after something, if we're doing like accountability, trying to hold somebody accountability, it's usually generals. It's usually, when I think about who our audience is, it's that yeah, yeah. E7 and below, it's that like roughly 03 and below or yeah, 04 yeah. and below, right? Like that's who, like a lot a ton of, of 05s. Yeah. God, I hate that. Why did like, I just say that? I talked about <laughs> 05s? Gross. Yeah. Like you think God, about like who, who those guys, like it, the, the, one of the tenets of journalism is to speak truth to power, right? To have, give voice to the voiceless, right? That person that's on the front line fighting a war, that cop that's out on patrol, that firefighter that's out on the fire break, on the fire mm-hmm. line, you know, like those are the people that we need to be advocating for. And if they're getting fucked over with their equipment or something shady is happening, that's the accountability we need to be doing, you know? And all the times we feel bad doing it. Like we, you know, we had a bunch of, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but we had a bunch of combat controllers reach out to us a couple of weeks ago about what they felt was them getting a really raw deal on having to push uh, a female candidate through their pipeline, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't just one, it wasn't just two. It was multiple to a point mm-hmm. where they felt that there was a general officer with an agenda. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, we have to, re- we, we, because this is who we're supposed to be. If we're advocating for anybody, it's those people, that, right. that lower enlisted or, or mid-career mid, mid, mid NCO, that uh, junior officer, like that's who we need to be advocating for. So when we're doing, when we're holding people accountable, it's that stuff. It, right. it, it's that type of story. It's not, let's go pick a random company and see if we can smear them. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we pilot companies, it's usually in a very, Fuck like, theory. hey, you're doing really cool stuff. Like there's a story in this on tac gas. Like, hey, you're doing yeah, yeah. really cool stuff. Like let's write about like it. Like Willie's you know? Distillery. Yeah, there's Willie's Distillery. One, which is like, yep. my, my buddy Willie Blazer has Willie's Distillery up in Ennis, Montana, his former SF guy, former 275 guy, former smoke jumper. Awesome mm-hmm. guy creating great products. But those are the kind of stories, to mm-hmm. your point, like I want to read those stories. Yeah. I, I want to read those stories. Yeah. Like I want to read. And those are the on. people that trust us to tell their story, by the way. I'm, there's nothing ever more flattering when we get a person that's like, hey, man, I've never talked to the media before, but I'm talking to you. Josh had a great story. Um, today's the, we're, the day that we're recording this is the anniversary of Operation Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one angle, that is one story that's been told in film, books, from every possible angle, except for the perspective of the 160th guys, the helicopter crews. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the first ones that that crew ever decided to talk to when we were able to tell that story. We were trusted to tell that story. We recently profiled uh, a skateboarding, uh, you know, nonprofit that just started up. One of the guys that heads it up is a guy that literally the first day that he talked to us when Josh was down there telling the story, he had just did his change of resp- responsibility at a uh, as the uh, sergeant major of a special missions unit. Seriously? Yeah. He he did his change of responsibility in the morning and then met up with Josh, one of our reporters, that afternoon to go skateboarding and do a story. Oh, that's fucking super cool. First time he'd ever talked to a reporter. Yeah. It's like, we're the people that are trusted with those stories. That's right. like, you know, Jason Everman, uh, your buddy over there, like, you know, yes, he'd had other things written on him before, but like, hey, he had Hannah out on his boat, like yeah, fucking... Yeah. Like, hey, let's let's do the real thing here. Like, that's that's important that we're that we're put in that position of trust as like, yeah, I don't generally talk to reporters, journalists. I don't want to be in the spotlight, but like, you guys are doing good stuff. So, well, I think that's a give back, right? It's most guys see this as an opportunity to speak to the community mm-hmm. in a way that's 
people will understand. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, we're not going to twist the story yeah. and make it some kind of political agenda. We're going to tell a story mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to tell it back to the community in a way that I think is thoughtful and creates value for, like, when I say the community, it, it, it's a big community. Like it's, yeah. I mean, you think about the, the the GWAT veteran community just in a whole, like it's over a million people now, right? It's like 1.72 yeah. million people, something like that. A lot of diverse ways. Of, and that's the hard time sometimes is some of these things. It's like, hey, we got a big story in here about psychedelics. There's still a lot of people in our community that are like, that seems crazy. I don't support yeah. doing drugs like sure. that. Like, So I, it's like I mean, sometimes I, we broach these topics where it's like, man, you know, this is worth talking about. We're not telling you how to think, but like... Here's let's lay it out for you, and you can make your own decision on how I, you I feel about it. I talk to people about it all the time. Where mm-hmm. it's like they don't like they're they're guys that have been injured. Mm-hmm. Where they've been injured, you know, they're 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 obviously physically affected, and they're like, well, I'm not going to do you know marijuana, mm-hmm. but you're on a much harder substance. Like yeah. you should, have you tried it as far as like pain management? Have you been able to like, you know, manage your, your sleep or manage your pain? I was having this conversation with my doctor before we came here about just sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do we, how do I sleep? How do I sleep better? How do I sleep more effective? There's a sleep, um, sleep clinic here mm-hmm. in Utah. That's like, I guess, very, very well known as far as like prestigious sleep clinic. She's like, oh, let's fucking get you into the sleep clinic. Let's see what you got. I'm like, but the first thing I thought wasn't like, awesome, I'm going to hopefully fix my sleep. It was like, awesome, I hope this fixed my sleep. And then the second one was like, I hope I can pass this on and yeah. give it to other people. Yep. It, it was it was the, the same exact time of the thought. It was, I know I have problems sleeping. I know all of my peers have problems sleeping. It's not, it's, it's a fucking, it's, epidemic. it's an epidemic yep. within our community. So- I know like one of my, one of my, one of my points in this is if I'm going out and trying to figure out how to solve my sleep issues, I'll be able to take that to the, out to the community and go, guys, this is what I did. You know, whether it's through Coffee or Die or whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through whatever and talk about it and go, Hey, this is what helped me. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can help Mm -hmm. thousands of other people that are having issues. And this is when you, when you're buying a bag of coffee, this is really what you're supporting, right? It's like you're supporting ground truth journalism like this. You're supporting things like the total archery challenge where you're bringing out a bunch of badass. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're supporting things like, Hey, maybe we've got some solutions. Maybe we're able to come up with some solutions here, whether they be regarding sleep or their post-traumatic stress or physical, physical impacts Mm -hmm. from war. Right. Like, yeah. And it this goes, is, it even goes past war. And it's like, we just, we put every, all of our, we got to live so much life, like being in war. Like, we got to mm-hmm. do everything at like a fucking 12. Yeah. Right. So if you and I have sleep issues from, you know, whatever, any, the whole wide gamut of, of reasons that we have these issues, other people have issues as well. Sure. Right. But we just got to like, experience them at, a, at an 11 or a 12, yeah, yeah. you know, where mm-hmm. if we're talking about the benefits of psychedelics, yeah. mm-hmm. well, there's probably some like soccer mom who's, you know, had trauma in her past. There's I, a lot I, of paramedics I, out there that deal with yeah. the worst side of humanity every right. single day. So it, it, like, it goes past just our community. It We're just like, we just happen to be launched yeah, in yeah. situations where mm-hmm. we have to solve it. And then we were given like this great community of people to share it with. Mm-hmm. 
and to have these great networks so that we can in turn take that out and be like, oh, you experienced trauma as a kid yeah. or you experienced whatever yep. kind of trauma. Like, here, look, check this out. Check this, this out. All these guys, like if some fucking knuckle dragger who kicked indoors for 15 fucking years, if this will help him, just imagine what it can do for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I talk to you guys all the time, whether they're law enforcement, they, they, they're having issues. I was talking to this guy, actually, he's a, became a really good friend of mine. And he left law enforcement because he was so traumatized by a child fatality on the interstate because he had a kid the exact same age and came out on this child fatality. He was like, I, I can't see another one. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he's like, I, and I see it all the time still. Like, it's like, he was so traumatized by it. He's like, I, I can't do it again. I was like, well, holy shit. And it still affects him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't shake it. It's like, it's embedded into my loop and I, say, I can't, I can't, I can't fix it. So my, okay, well, I know a group of guys that, you know, have same issues. So mm -hmm. if we can solve some of our issues, maybe we can help some of these other guys solve yeah. some issues. And you're exactly right. It's, well, I look at this as like, it's pinnacle user type situation where it's not that you have to be out there like climbing, you know, without a rope and trying to do a speed solo of uh, mm -hmm. half dome. It, you could find a lot of therapy and a lot of benefit in just going out and, and climbing with a rope and your friend yep. in a climbing gym. I'm saying like to the recreation average user, you don't have to be that person that's out there fucking trying to like push it to the edges limit, but you can learn a lot from mm -hmm. those people that have done it. Yeah. So it's like, to your point, we pushed the fucking limits. Like there's not a fucking day that I'm not like, I don't roll out of bed and be like, fucking hey, dude. Like, that was you. Got got another one. <laughs> got another one in there, didn't I? It's good. Squeezed another day in. That's pretty rad. Like, whew. like I'm really incredibly uh, um, thankful for what mm -hmm. I have. And I think, you know, we get to make great coffee. We get to do, but the coolest thing that we have is the company. Yep. We, we get to like build this super fucking cool eclectic culture of weirdos that likes to, you know, roast on a random coffee and write stories, make stupid videos. Like it's fun, man. Like it's really fucking fun company to be like in every day for me. So it's like, it's, it's not about like, you know, the, 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 the profit and loss statement, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you have to be successful in order to get all these other things, but this is like super fun. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine, you know, I thought you very eloquently said it in your, it's who we are about wanting to be a storyteller. Uh, it's, you know, my mission too. And the fact that we've got a venue like this, you know, the fact that Black Rifle places such an emphasis on storytelling and highlighting these amazing stories, highlighting people that we know, giving insight on things. I mean, just having a podcast like this, how many other CEOs of companies of a commensurate or bigger size as Black Rifle have the CEO sitting down for a multi-hour podcast? On, not just it's once, but like on a regular basis. It's because you know? they're lame, Marty. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's because they, also, how many CEOs are wearing a shirt with a rooster with quad tubes and a fucking SBR on it? <laughs> Which was my design. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I activated Griswold on this. That <laughs> fucking weirdo. Like, I was like, hey, make a big rooster with some night vision goggles in a rifle. And speaking of psychedelics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That concludes today's training. Any questions?
John Titties, boy! <laughs>